Hello there. Welcome to Riot Act, the the alternative music podcast. It's the one, Renfrew. It's the definitive article. It's basically the only one. Yes, that is. I'm gonna I go. I'm gonna go with you for this. That I yeah. know about. Yeah, I've never heard of any others that like, say alternative. I've heard of some that say other types of music. Oh right. Yeah. Uh, worth worth checking out or nah nah. Okay. Um, welcome to <laughs> welcome to right. Yeah, rubbish. Um, uh, welcome to Right Act, the alternative music podcast with me, Stephen Hill, and him, Renfrey Deadman. We were only joking. Those other podcasts, are like Richard Herring's podcast, is really. Oh good. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, really when good. he talks about grindcore and stuff, this yeah, is fantastic. Excellent. Yeah. Ed Gamble on that is excellent. Uh, yes, Renfrey, how are you, mate? I'm all right. I'm good. Thank you. Um, you do you know what? I mm-hmm. just think we should start by saying how. Uh, how thankful we were. Well, I'm gonna. I don't know. I've not spoken to you about this, so you okay. might be like, oh, "That's what they should have said." But people were people were really, really positive about last week's episode, which yes. was us talking about Jeff Buckley. Yes. And I don't really like listening back to myself, but because I don't think I said that much last week, I actually listened back to last week's episode. Did you? And I want to say you did a very bloody good job. Oh, thank you, mate. Yeah, um, it was really good, man. Thank you. I um I really enjoyed researching it and mm. uh, listening to nothing but Jeff Buckley for about three days. Yeah, got a bit sad because uh, he doesn't write very, very many jolly tunes. No, um, but um, yeah, it's just just an amazing artist. And we got lots of messages from people saying, you know, I've started listening to Grace again for the yeah. first time in seventeen years. And or some people saying years. I've never listened to Jeff uh-huh. Buckley. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. I'm listening to Jeff Buckley. Yeah. We even had one today going, I hate Jeff Buckley, and I still listen to it, and it was very interesting. Oh, wicked. So do I didn't someone see that. I like. That's wicked. Yeah, I, I like that's. I, kind of all we can ask for really yeah. that that like if if doing a special like that makes you re-listen to grace that's uh, we've done our job as well, yeah so for that's sure awesome. man so yeah so, so thanks thank for you. listening to that last week like there will be more shows like that but they won't be coming on a friday we're back to kind of a normal weekly magazine based <laughs> show today where we will be covering the new albums from thrice therapy paul weller the dirty nil emma ruth rundle and venart that's who we're going to be chatting about Lots today. Of so it's basically like reviews that we've been trying to catch up on yeah. for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, again, shout out the uh, the lads at Musicism who birthed <laughs> us, who brought us into this world. Uh, I don't. Are you telling me that that Dan's my father? Sort of, yeah, but cesarean. Oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah. wow. Um, no, well, that's a complicated birth. I that's a turn up for the book. So Dan's probably a better father than my own father, so that's fine. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That got really dark. <laughs> really quick um it's all right i'm still laughing i'm yeah, crying on good. the inside um so anyway well look hey if you want to forget that happened and <laughs> go over to musicism.net <laughs> you can sign up for their courses to become a better guitarist a better vocalist a better producer a better father hopefully um hopefully uh, uh for only 9.99 a month or 25 percent off if you put in the code riot at the checkout in capital letters so shout out musicism they do fantastic work and as and as, as ever as i say every week we're delighted to be part of the musicism family tree um also i mentioned um going to uh do more specials that we will be doing about different artists um patreon.com forward slash riot act podcast i feel like i've been hammering this and not really there's not really been any kind of 
any reward for anyone <laughs> like, do you know what I mean for actually doing it we're very brutally honest can we, can we just have some money please <laughs> like I don't want it to sound like that because there's actually like a community like a little little community of people who are making suggestions for things they want to do we are going through all of it we're currently in the process of doing the first kind of rioters review for patrons we've got loads of suggestions I was actually uh, too many I think maybe too many yeah I hadn't so actually some of you could stop giving money <laughs> don't, don't do that I hadn't looked at it for a few days and like we had a couple I was like, mm. okay, fine. And then uh, we got, I got a screenshot of all the suggestions we've had, and there are over twelve. Uh, no, there's, fuck there's, me, there's, over twelve. <laughs> no, there's, there's. You there's, mean a baker's dozen? <laughs> there's um, no, there's like forty or fifty or something like that. Yeah, there's a lot. There? there are quite yeah. a lot. So, so she thank keeps you going. Those. Yeah, she keeps going for a little while. Um, tell your friends to to come and join us and be part of it, and that'd be great. And we do appreciate any contributions that you have made to the show. Uh, what else are we doing on the show? Um, we're also going to be talking about UNC Ghost at the Royal Albert Hall. I did. We'll talk about that in a little bit. We'll be talking about uh, UNC Puppy. I did. As well. At the Borderline. And we'll be talking, well, we might as well just fucking talk about it now, actually. There's been a couple of festival announcements. One happened a couple of weeks ago mm. that we didn't touch on. We were going to sort of wait until all the festivals had announced a bunch of acts. But since two festivals have announced yeah. a band each, I thought maybe we should yeah. address that. Um, and two very similar bands. <laughs> yeah. Well... <laughs> Both Swedish. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Absolutely. So there you go. Um, Bloodstock, let's start with Bloodstock, have announced their first headliner for 2019. And I hate to say I told you so. Yep. Mystic Steve over here. The Hives. They're Swedish <laughs> as well. Just more Swedish stuff. I... He likes Swedish things, Lynn. Um, Sabaton for Bloodstock 2019. Yeah. Which I called and was very, very, very confident that that was going to happen. I have to say I wasn't. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I wasn't like, oh, you're talking nonsense, Steve, or anything like that. Mm. But but I, I can see them being in the running, but I, I'm somewhat shocked. Why so? Because <laughs> um, it seems so obvious to me. I know among that crowd that, 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 you know, it's the only festival in this country that they could headline, I would have thought. You know, War of, World of Warcraft, yeah. guys. <laughs> Yeah. are they starting a festival that'd be interesting um but you know what i mean it's like that yeah. kind of i'm not saying that in a disparaging way no 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 even but, it sounds like i am like, what, it feels like i am where did, are sabaton that I big am. did they, huh? they they did brixton right yeah yeah they did brixton did I, I they think sell actually, it out uh, I, don't, I don't i have no idea i mean what how much attention do i pay to sabaton <laughs> in reality do you know what i mean like well, I, I know they, they're like the kardashians like i know the kardashians exist and i know yeah. i'm probably not interested in that yeah, yeah, yeah. um and sabaton are kind of the same yes which is, i think i think that's the first time that's ever been said <laughs> the, the kardashians <laughs> and sabaton are similar in any way uh yeah i mean i like tanks and i like metal but mm. uh, it doesn't mean i like sabaton you know? i know so, and uh, you seem to be Yet you seem to be their perfect target audience. Me? Having said that, I like tanks and metal, but I don't like Sabaton. Oh, I thought you were just uh, 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 insinuating that I was a metal nerd or something like that. Well, yes, I suppose. Uh, not that all Sabaton's fans are metal nerds or anything like that. No, I think they are. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, it doesn't seem to have been particularly controversial. No, it's Bloodstock. it's 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 obvious. It's all kind of hilarity aside. I don't like Sabaton. Just like I don't like Nightwish. Nightwish played this mm. year. Mm. Um, I don't like Nightwish. Uh, I'm not interested in their music. I saw them and I was sort of, I thought it was an interesting stage show. Musically, it does, literally does nothing for me whatsoever. Mm. You can put Sabaton in that bracket as well. Uh, but, but I can tell, 
for that sort of thing, Sabaton do have a little bit more energy, and they've also they've got the sort of tank gimmick yeah. as well. Um, and it just made like to me it makes sense. And I think as well, you've got to shout out Bloodstock for being a festival that is bringing yet another headliner through. So debut, yeah. like you know, debut festival headliner performances. Behemoth in 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 the last let's say the last let's take the last six years. So even we take from from two thousand and twelve, Behemoth, Trivium, Lamb of God, even Slayer. I mean, I'm, I'm actually let's not count Slayer. Let's talk about more kind of quote unquote modern bands: uh-huh. Sabaton, Gajira, Mastodon, um, Machine Head, Within Temptation, Machine Head. Yeah. As I said, Lamb of God. You know, and then getting people like King Diamond never headlined a festival over here. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Um, you know, uh, who who did I just say? Slayer, Slayer and Megadeth yeah. never headlined festival over here. Ghost as well, obviously oh, headlined yeah, of before. Ghost, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm on a Mar. Bloodstock talk about that a lot, and and it's not untrue. My my, the one thing that I think every time I hear that is like, well, of course it's the smaller festivals bringing headliners, giving headliners headline shows first mm. because that's how it works because <laughs> yeah. it's like a hierarchy thing of course. And, you know and i'm i'm not bemoaned i'm not going therefore that is no sort of achievement whatsoever that's still cool that they're doing that um but that's going to happen regardless because but, well you say that but i'm yeah. not i i mean i think it's a, i think that it's a little bit more complicated than that okay. in the terms of metal festivals okay because yes of course in hip-hop or in electronic music or in indie music the smaller festival those bands are going to get bigger regardless metal is quite an inward looking subgenre of music yeah and there's nothing to say like whoever they announce there's if they're new it's there's usually they're not big enough this or yeah. they're not big enough that or they should have done it years ago or you know like they've missed Dying the boat features. now or like yeah, yeah exactly yeah. um and you know although you go well it's a smaller festival it's bound to happen they've still got to do it yeah like, do you know it would be easy for bloodstock to go bloodstock could have capped their sort of level of ambition a couple of years ago, like five years ago and gone, we're not going to book Machine Head or Lamb of God yeah. or even Slayer. We're yeah. going to carry on booking, you know, like Emperor were sub-headlining Judas Priest this year. Mm. Emperor traditionally are a band who headlined that festival. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it could have, like Watain were headlining the second stage this year. Watain a few years ago were considered potential Bloodstock headliners. Yeah. Dimu Borgir were Bloodstock potential Bloodstock headliners like you're looking at bands you know Cradle of Filth headlined it before as well like mm. Cradle of Filth could get near big enough to headline Bloodstock mm. now mm. Carcass like those sort of bands and they could have they could have stayed in a place where they just went well we're going to get Testament or Anthrax or Carcass or um, Cannibal Corpse mm-hmm. or whoever like to just sit in that spot at the top the older bands and just do you know what I mean? And just let like let those bands like bands like Sabaton or Gajira or whoever graduate from Bloodstock yeah. and just not bother with Mastodon and Rob Zombie and, and that sort of thing. They could have done that. I they think, could have quite think, easily have done that. I think the growth of the festival is an enormously admirable. Yeah, definitely. And I mean the the only other thing I would say to that though is is you notice the growth of a smaller festival <laughs> more than you do the growth that the the growth of a download or a reading mm. or whatever. So Download does get bigger every year, more or less, I believe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it does. But you don't. I've noticed it. I've noticed it, particularly in 2017, I noticed it was a smaller field right? and quite, definitely quieter. Uh, like the Biffy Clyro. Okay. You know, in, 
Biffy Clyro headline on the Saturday night compared with Guns N' Roses headline on the Saturday yeah. night this year, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but they did. Them. They did. I mean, they were gaining like five thousand new. Uh, they they were like letting five thousand new people in uh, every year on year for a long time, certainly. Yeah. But that doesn't get talked about because Download is the top of the tree for that kind of um, hierarchy of bands. But you're going to notice it more with the smaller festivals because you know. Yeah, one one year it was Watane, but five years later you can then get a bastard on or something. Mm. I mean, I've got I've got a lot of time for Bloodstock, and I think I, what I they mean... do is wicked. Um, and it's awesome that they have given those bands the. I mean, I'm still smarting at the fact that I didn't get to see Gajira do a headline show. I I kind of felt like I did two years previously when they sub headlined to um, Mastodon, but yeah. but you know, I. I giving giving those i suppose you call them mid-tier bands mm. the chance to do a headline set with loads of pyro and all that kind of stuff it's wicked and and you know most of the best bands in the world tend to be mid-tier bands mm. because the um higher level bands are kind of old and slightly past their prime most of the, most of the time not always mm-hmm. but often um and the mid-tier bands are have been doing it for long enough to be good at what they're doing but they also still are young enough to have a hunger for it mm. and to still be you know i mean it's yeah. not a controversial opinion to say gajira are probably the best live metal band in the world and they're in their sweet spot right now five yeah. albums in i mean that's like if you want to go for in terms of metal like where's the bullseye for where you drop as a as a sort of as a big band like what sort of period like you, you know you look at in Metallica's case, five albums into Black Album, mm, mm. and and in Maiden's case, it's um, um, Power Slave. Yes, isn't it Power Slave? Yes. So when you consider that's where those bands were, five yeah. albums into their career, yeah, and that's where Gojira are, five like, and then you sort of consider in terms of the sort of band that you're seeing, mm. you'd love to see, you know, Black Album Metallica like headlining, which I know they did, or like Power Slave era Maiden headlining. A festival like that like oh 100 fucking awesome like 100%. that's that, that's those bands grown up enough to have this fucking massive wealth of a back catalogue behind them but not over the hill and yeah, yeah. you know like I'm, I'm not saying that either of those bands sort of went over the hill straight after that or whatever but you know like it's just such a lovely sweet spot and it's a shame i i've said that a whole bunch of times over the years you know like um it would be nice if people started to reevaluate what they thought a festival headliner was mm, because yeah, i remember yeah. as a child as a child i was 16 <laughs> as a kid um as a child as a wee boy um going to like reading and suede headliner like the second year i went to reading on the main stage suede were headlining right, right. now suede were, were playing the brixton academy at that point yeah which is about five thousand capacity venue yeah like the idea now that a band or an artist who headline reading could just play Dude. Brixton. Yes, yeah, madness. But then yeah. at that time, well that, well, that would be a secret show or a small warm-up show. Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, and like Radiohead were at Brixton at that point. The Prodigy, mm. who headlined '96, Prodigy and Rage Against the Machine, they were bands who were playing Brixton. Yeah. Um, and in fact, the first year I went to to Reading, Black Grape were headlining on their first album. Wow. And there's still sixty thousand people turned up. Yeah. Yeah, to the, to the festival over the course of a weekend because I think people used to just go 
for the weekend. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was cheaper yeah. and it's a different time and everything. Yeah. It was a different time. And I know people now, they want more for their money. They want a show. They want a lineup. They want the headliners. They want, they look at that and they go top of the bill. If I'm paying 250 quid to go to download, I want the top of the bill to yeah. represent that. And I understand that, but I do think a time will have to come where we have to start to reevaluate what it means to be a festival headliner because it, if well, it's inevitable. Yeah. It's, if, you, it's, if you're it's saying, going to happen. Yeah, yeah. If you're saying, you have to be Guns N' Roses or you can't headline, well, then you ain't going to have anyone to headline. There isn't a music industry um, that is capable of supporting a Guns N' Roses no. or a Metallica no. anymore. It's just not and, and that's, you know, just one of those things. Mm. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, well, it's not as complicated. It's, it's more complicated than that. There's, mm. it, there's lots of good things about that and lots of bad things about that. But, yeah. but it's just not going to be mm. that way. And mm. that's it. So. Yeah. Motley Crew not being around is one of the good things about it. Oh, I would say. They're, Although they're, they're, going back to the they're coming back, aren't they? Going back oh, to the studio. Yeah. Why? Don't need to talk about Motley Crew no. on this show, but they are <laughs> doing that. Um, uh, Meshuggah are playing Art Tangent. Mm-hmm. So again, new headliner yep. at a small festival. Yep. Completely different set of emotions to how I felt about Sabaton, where I was with Sabaton. I was. I have nothing but respect and love in my heart for bloodstock but i was going i thought you were going to say sabaton but yeah okay. yeah no no no, no, no. <laughs> i have nothing but love and, and, and respect and warm fuzzy feelings for for bloodstock as a festival mm. um but i am not excited about it. like personally no, 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 i am no. not excited about sabaton i understand it and i respect it rather yeah. than i actually like it Meshuggah arc tangent on the other hand mm-hmm. is fucking unbelievably brilliant and yet the irony and of course that is the correct opinion to have but the irony is the internet has gone absolutely mad at the thought that Meshuggah are headlining Arc Tangent and yet couldn't give a toss that Sabaton are headlining Bloodstock now there's been some there's been a fair amount of people going they're too heavy I've seen a bit of this becoming a metal festival (laughs) fucking Zelenada and bloody Dillinger Dillinger Plan Converge I mean you know, like Voyage, uh, yeah, okay, metal band. Yeah, but well, he- played heavy it, bands. Uh, yeah. not a metal band. Yeah, like, no, it's ridiculous. That? It's ridiculous. I mean, Ar- Arc Tangent have always, always had heavy stuff. Always, mm. the, I went the first year and I saw Bosk. You know, who are one of the heaviest things that I've ever seen. That was my introduction to Bosk and like Roller Tomasi played the first year. Roller Tomasi played most years. Yeah, um, you know, like they've always had that heavy end of things they just go for a kind of more um they don't go for a straight straight to the center heavy stuff mm. verse chorus verse. Yeah, they like go three chord meshuggah no there. exactly <laughs> yeah ex- exactly exactly it's do. like meshuggah definitely still fit the remit because it's interesting you could argue i, mean, I don't know if anyone ever would ever describe meshuggah as a math band but they are definitely elements of math to what they do in times in terms of they're very rarely in uh, four four or anything like that, it, and it's, it's mind that's bending. The, the maddest reaction I've ever heard. This it's is ridiculous. Like, yeah. It's like slam dunk booking Blink One Eighty Two, and people going, "Oh no, you're not going to start having all that stuff turn up, are you?" It's like, yeah, that's what you are, <laughs> you fucking. What, what do you mean? What yeah. this whole festival's built on exactly? The, they invented that the thing. That you are here to yeah, hear, yeah, you fucking yeah. idiots! What yeah. are you talking about? It's absurd. It's absurd. But you know, I think there's a there's a sort of um, I think there are two main cliques to the Arctangent uh, uh, 
fans i think there's the ones who like lots of post-rock and ambient wibbly wibbly stuff and then there's the ones who like the heavier end of the stuff and so obviously right. it's the sort of post-rocky ones who are yeah. moaning a bit i mean there well, is room for both weaklings um, will be destroyed yeah <laughs> yeah but you know like i'm sure the next headliner when they're announced will be something post-rocky or yeah. you know something it will be completely different it's not going to be you know it's not going to be all three heavy bands uh, if ever i become and you can hold me to this if ever i become prime minister i will sort of declare a kind of genocide against people who don't <laughs> like Meshuggah. so i mean won't be many people left in britain that's but hard. A, that's a if you listen to tommy robinson that's probably a bloody good thing isn't it <laughs> hey <laughs> bye mum um geez i mean th- that's quite a harsh thing to do because Meshuggah are not an easy band to get into but fair uh, enough i, no, I respect me, your just be me and a load of people <laughs> a load of nerds in shorts there'll be a lot, lot of, of camo shorts there'll be a lot of yeah. people wearing black like or, everyone wearing or black. we could all just go to an island on our own uh, that'd be quite nice Meshuggahland. yeah Meshuggahland. yeah that'd be nice yeah maybe we'll have the isle of white probably big enough isn't it I would have thought so. Mm. Um, but anyway, Meshuggah are, are playing uh, Art Tangent, which, I mean, again, to talk about that sort of it for seriously for a second. It's uh, a very good thing. So the, the, they've got to be the biggest band they've ever booked. Prob. Mm. Meshuggah did the forum last time they were here. Uh-huh. That's correct. Yes, they did. Uh, they've also done Roundhouse, which is about 3,000. Yep, that's correct as well. Uh, I mean, I mean, you can't have glass there. just because Glassjaw decided no, 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 that they I, wanted I, to play I, Brixton yeah, Academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say Glassjaw because they didn't sell out no. Brixton. Um, yeah, no, yeah, you're probably right. Actually, yeah, I'm, I think I'm struggling I, I, to. I think. can't think of anyone else who yeah. would be bigger. Yeah. frankly. no, you're so, probably right. You know, it, they are the they are the, the most sizable band that they've, and it's again growth in it. You wonder yes. if it's a dangerous game with these little festivals pl- going for the let's see how going up and up and up and up like because at some point they're going to kind of meet each other and you know you never know do you like who's gonna because obviously if 2000 trees i've heard rumors about certain people they want to get okay that might go into sort of art tangent world and then Mm -hmm. art tangent obviously people that might go into bloodstock world and then 2000 trees and slam dunk and they all want to get bigger and bigger and Mm -hmm. bigger and bigger at some point you just think well if you start booking bands that are quite far away from what your core already originally began as then people are going to get their toes stepped on but i think that's where we're heading renfrey but i don't is that happening too much i I mean i I don't know it's it's irrelevant regarding arc tangent 2000 trees because they're the same organizers of course yeah yeah um and yeah i I mean lots of bands play both of those festivals you know i i think i think slam dunking (coughs) in this conversation is irrelevant because i think they are very so just so far away from yeah. those other ones mm. uh, bloodstock and arc tangent i can see more and more becoming uh, yeah. we we know bits of information about um uh but i can say that i imagine do you know what i'm about to say I, we yeah. we know that um arc tangent wanted to book gojira last year mm-hmm. and bloodstock got them and bloodstock mm-hmm. wanted to book meshuggah this year and Arc Tangent got them. I don't know if we can say the second part of that, but you've just said it. Okay, I'll put a time code in there. <laughs> I mean, we can, <coughs> I suppose. You carry on writing it, and I, I think we'll just 
be a surprise for <laughs> us when we listen back to it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, like that's that's I guess it's kind of obvious. I mean, I'm sure lots of festivals tried to book those bands. I would imagine yeah. the pit stage at Reading probably thought, oh, would yeah. it be good to have Gajira headline the pit stage at Reading? Like, but, of course but, it would. But, but then yeah. obviously, you know, Reading would have given them not very much money for that. Whereas, you know, like the headliner. Yeah, but I'm just saying that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that every festival goes in for whoever's. Like every, any festival that books kind of alternative bands or metal bands or punk bands or whatever, if it fits in a certain area, I'm sure. Like, I mean, Conjurer played every festival yes, this summer pretty much. Pretty much. Apart, from, apart from Download. Um, yeah, they went down brilliantly at V. Mm. It's not called V anymore, it's called something else. Is it? Yeah. Oh, fuck's sake. Don't right. know what it's called anymore. But probably, this is a pile of wank and never yeah, comes to our well, festival. Well, I think Jesus Christ. V. It's got to be the worst. I saw Taylor Swift at V once. Did you? Worst moment of my life. Uh, well, this was uh, this was it wasn't the worst moment of my life. I, I was working there, and um, like Tay Tay. This was this was before she became like a megastar. She was playing a mid afternoon slot, and right. she was when um, Dave Mustaine was in the band. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. This is before she. <laughs> she was, but she started out as very much like. Uh, country and western. I know. Style. My little sister said I want a Taylor Swift album in about it's about two thousand and six. Right. She said, and I'd never heard of it. Uh, before. It would have been around that time. Right. It was the year Oasis split up because um, my fondest memory from that festival was seeing lots of uh, uh, drunken chavs crying because their favourite band had split up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, I quite like Oasis, but it was still funny. Um, and uh, yeah, so, but she was very firmly in her country and western. Type. but right. that americana that well obviously all country westerns americana mm. that the the pop country and western is what i mean which i can't fucking say yeah, that's rubbish yeah oh it was awful i absolutely hated everything she's every good second though. of it i i i, I can't comment now. on her new stuff because i've not listened to it much but you know i, I, I hated her then okay well, i like her i cool. think she Fair looks do. like a sort of well, Se- sort of sexy lizard if you want to give me 1989 in uh in, in as a as a trade-off. Trade-off at some point. Then we can well, absolutely might, do that. I, bl- I might bloody do that. Oh, well, yeah. maybe. So anyway, so um, the natural conclusion to the end of that conversation about Sabaton playing Bloodstock and Art Tangent um, getting my sugar is obviously to talk about Taylor Swift. So let's move on. <laughs> um, keeping in a kind of festival-based realm, though, I saw this. Well, I say I saw this. Of course I saw this. Um, Matt Pike says, Sleep turned down Coachella mm. to play Roadburn next year. Yeah. Fair play sleep. Fair play sleep. And um, I've actually got the. Uh, I mean, this is on this is on the Metal Hammer um, website today, uh, as we record. But I, I knew this anyway because I actually did the interview Ooh. with Matt. So I've got the whole transcript of that conversation that him he and I had right in front of me here. Whoa! Wow! Exclusive. So it's really exclusive. Um, sort of. <laughs> it's, it's already online. Like the whole thing's online. But basically. Um, <laughs> I, I said, oh, you're, you, you know, you're playing Roadburn next year. And I, we, we, it wasn't actually a conversation um, that I did with Matt Pike uh, about Roadburn. It was just, it sort of came up organically in conversation. And I was like, oh, I've never been to Roadburn before. I really, really, really want to go. And he was like, oh, I love Walter. He puts the festival on. Yes. Um, Walter's a lovely man. Yeah, he said, yeah. Uh, it's so far the only thing they've got planned for next year. Right. It's doing Roadburn. Um uh, they, so they've got lots of scheduling to do and he said oh and he just kind of threw and he said we actually turned Coachella down to do Roadburn um, and he went because you know Roadburn and yes. I was like wow that's that's really cool and he was like yeah and he kind of he, he, he sort of compared he said I think 
Coachella's like Lollapalooza. He was like, they would have given us more money. But there's also this thing where you couldn't play within a certain radius of um, of the festival for like six months afterwards. And he was like, fuck that, I want to go out and play. Yeah, and yeah. Also, which, is, which is a very common thing that a lot of festivals do. Yeah, and it's yeah, bloody yeah, yeah. Annoying. If you're ever wondering why shitloads of bands come and tour in February or November... That's the reason. It's right. Fucking annoying. Mm. So um yeah, he said there's this clause you can't play for six months. He's like, fuck that. Um he was like, I'll make more money, I'll be happier at yes. Roadburn. He's like, I'll be able to do more shows to make more money and also Roadburn is just better. So yeah. So uh, I've been interesting. to Road, I've been to Roadburn twice. I'm not vaguely surprised by this. I, I was kind of amazed it become as it became as big a news story as it did because the way that Roadburn treat their bands and the way that Roadburn um curate special sets and literally one-of-a-kind things which you're never going to see anywhere else so sleeper playing um uh, holy the Mount. new album and, uh, and holy mountain yes cool. yes two sets, yeah. so they're doing two sets and yeah playing the new album holy mountain and you know sleep fans are gonna be i mean that's gonna be amazing isn't yeah. it right mm-hmm. like the new album was surprisingly well not, surpri- not I, surprising I, it's just good it was it's really, really good, yeah, yeah really really good I, I i i think because it was like the first record in how long was it? It was several, uh, a lot, yeah, like, like a decade, yeah, nearly two decades. You know, I wasn't necessarily expecting it to amaze me as much as it did, but it's really, really strong. And Holy yeah, Mountain, obviously, you know, it's just iconic and Fucking brilliant. Awesome record. Um, so that is going to be a huge deal for those fans, and people are going to. I mean, I know people who have never been to Roadburn who are now thinking of going for those sets alone. Well, Cave In have been announced as well. <sighs> And yes. I really, really, really want to see that. Yes. I, I mean, I assume <clears> there <throat> won't be anything else coming from Cave In after that. I, uh, would I would, I would guess not. And and you know, I was there. So last year, um, uh, Adam McGrath and Stephen Brodsky did yeah. a um, acoustic set of some of the sort of lighter Cave In material uh, as a tribute to Caleb, and mm. uh, it was. I mean, that's the sort of thing I'm talking about when I say Roadburn curates special one-off things that you're never, ever going to see anywhere else. I mean, that that will remain... I couldn't even attempt to review that because it was such a wonderful, uh, cathartic experience, not just for band, but for the crowd as well, that that's not a gig. That becomes something else entirely then, you mm. know? And 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 Roadburn are pretty famous for doing that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, and you only and have to go back over to sort of archives to see yeah. what they've got people doing. And it, and it's people like I mean, I've spoke to Jacob Bannon from Converge a few times, and we've spoken about Roadburn and the fact that they did Jane Doe in full, and then last year last they year did the, you um, fell me, you fell me, in and full. Uh, the Dusk in Us as well. Yeah, and and he was just like, I wouldn't do it anywhere else. Like, I, I wouldn't, yeah. I'm not, I wouldn't be interested in doing. A full, an album in full set he's like I'm not really interested in it he's like I'm only doing it because it's a cool he's like I know people want that and the only yeah. time I'll give those people what they want is, is if they uh, come a festival to that I really yeah. believe in so yeah, yeah. yeah Roadburn uh, is, is a you know obviously they've got a few, I'm trying to think who else is playing off the top of my head I can't think of anyone else who's playing off the top of my uh, head but um, it's uh, it's old um, matey from uh, uh, from uh, At The Gates isn't it Thomas Lindbergh who's putting it all he's, together he's doing the yeah. um curation yeah so, so they have a curator every single year so last year it was jacob bannon yeah i feel like that was the one i should have gone to 
I mean, it was very good. Uh, <laughs> um, and then the year before, it was John Dyer Baisley from Baroness. Yeah. I mean, that Baroness set, for example, rather than do a normal Baroness festival set, they did a chronological. So they started with material from the first EP, I think. I think the first song they did was the first song from First, which is their first yeah. EP. Then they did Red Album, Blue Album, Yellow, Green, Purple. Mm. Um, and that felt special and mm. different. And, you know, um, Where Your Wounds is one of the few places that Where Your Wounds have played. Jacob Bannon's solo projects have seen yeah. it twice there now. And, yeah, it's just a really special place where you will see things that you won't see anywhere else. Um, and they do stuff like they'll give album shows to so Bellwitch for example I know a lot of people went crazy over that Bellwitch record the, the one the track re- hour the long, one track yeah. well it was about an hour and a half long mm. I think um, Mirror Reaper that's the name of it but um, they let Bellwitch play that whole album in full and, and, and in, in the middle of the afternoon you know <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a bit much, uh, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but, you know, they, they gave them 100 minutes so that they could do that just in the middle of the afternoon. And no other festival will do that, you know. No. Um, so they're, they're excellent. Roadburn is an incredible experience. Mm. Um, and yes, we will. I don't think you know this yet. We will have some interesting Roadburn stuff coming up soon. Oh, will we? Okay, good. Yep. That sounds exciting. <laughs> I'm excited about that. Yes. Uh, all right, anyway, we, I've not been out to do any gigs recently. Sorry, guys. Uh, but you have. Oh, yeah. And I want to talk about this because this happened just after we started. We um, Well, we we talked about it very, very briefly before we recorded the Jeff Buckley one. Didn't really want to put it, just ch- chuck it in, tagged on the end of the Jeff Buckley special last week. But you went to see... The fame, the now famed already, it feels like people are talking about this is like the gig of the year. Ghost at the Royal Albert Hall. Um, yeah, uh, I didn't. I mean, I was quite tempted to go, but I couldn't make it down there. Um, I've heard nothing but slathering, boggle-eyed praise for this show. Yeah, my timeline blew up yeah. immediately after seeing it. Yeah, it um, went viral. Renfrew, yeah, you could it pretty say. much did. It pretty you much could say did. it went viral if you didn't know what that meant. Yeah. And you don't, so <laughs> clearly, <laughs> <laughs> like that's like fifty people, right? <laughs> um, um, yes. Well, here's the slightly alternative uh, viewpoint. Really? Okay. Um, fuck. Strap yourselves in, people. Let's go. To be, I'm gonna. Before I say anything, I'm gonna say it was a very, very good show. Mm-hmm. It was great. Um, I really enjoyed it. I'm really pleased that Ghosts are doing as well as they are doing of all of the bands who sort of you know when you talk about potential future download headliners and all that of all the bands that have a um uh, a, a card in that fight that is not the saying um who have a chance of that happening ghosts are probably my personal favorite right um so i'm i love the band i love what they do i know that the individual elements aren't the most original taken individually but actually put all together i think they are quite original you Mm. know so everything i'm about to say is is based on the fact that i love this band and i'm saying i'm gonna be harsher on them than i would be on other bands because they have a real chance of being this generation's metallica or or uh iron maiden or whatever okay the thing that disappoints me every time i see ghosts 
is given how cool their visual aesthetic is with the nameless ghouls and the characters they have, Cardinal Copia and all that sort of thing, I feel like they could do so much more than they do. I think at the moment, what you're presented with as far as the show is concerned is a really cool backdrop, um, some cool confetti cannons. You've got them dressed up as nameless ghouls and Cardinal Copia, of course. Yeah. Uh bit of pyro mm-hmm. um i think that's it really i mean there's some raised levels and stuff like that but oh papa knee knee hill comes out and does a sax solo during miasma you know which is cool that's fine yeah but in terms of the show itself considering what they could do it's not really that ambitious it's very and i say this as someone who loves them but it's very iron maiden in that it is basically just like a few props and a few costume changes and a few nice backdrops. But not that... It's a very old school way of looking at things. I think, considering it's a new... You, you look like it's you want to say early days. I just think it's early days. I... But... So the things that I think they, they should be doing... Because I feel like people have been saying it's early days for quite a long time. Um, and That's true. They are... For a show at the Royal Albert fucking Hall, which is probably a, a very strong contender for the best venue in the world. Raised eyebrows, but... Oh, no, but, no, no, it's yeah, a great yeah, venue. Yeah, come yeah. on. Like, it's incredible. Yeah, it really is, yeah. Um, I th- was expecting a slightly... Not even a bigger spectacle. So this is the sort of thing that I'd like to see them do. I kind of see Cardinal Copia as this almost like magician-like character, like just the way that he's like magical and and people um, like there's a, there's a big thing with sexuality thing with ghosts mm-hmm. in terms of like a lot lots of women come to see them and that's great and but there's also some sexual sort of frisson frisson kind of thing with I mean it's a bit weird for me but that's cool um it's harmless but there's definitely uh, there are definitely fresh british man speaks <laughs> <laughs> but the, i've i've seen ghosts uh fan fiction and uh it's it's top shelf um yeah is that's it as a... good as that rollins and danzig one have you ever seen that rollins? no what oh my god <laughs> there's a like Christ. comic of henry rollins and glenn danzig having like a you know having a, comic. a, a, having a cuddle Wow. Uh, it's fucking unbelievable. Having a very loving cuddle. Having a loving cuddle. Oh, wow. Ordering that. Um, so uh, <laughs> you've got several coffees. Mm. Um, so oh, I totally lost my track. So <laughs> in terms of, so the, the way that Ramstein have that sexualized thing as well, you know, yeah. box of dildos. Ghosts have got box of dildos as well. There's a sexualized thing there. I think that there was this one really cool moment where, uh, a woman in the front row uh, handed over a white rose to Cardinal Copia. Mm. And it was really sweet. It was really wicked. And he just sort of picked it up and, you know, took it off. And I, th- I was like, that's really cool. But what I think should be happening is Cardinal Copia should, like, produce a white rose from his sleeve like a magician mm. and give it to someone in the crowd, you know? Uh, or, like, during Mummy Dust, he was... Um, just gesticulating a lot and stuff and i was thinking well maybe like some sort of confetti or dust or something like that should be not actual dust because that yeah. would get in people's eyes but like something should be coming out of his sleeves or so i i want to see something that 
it doesn't have to be expensive, but something a bit different. I want them to use theatrical tricks. You know, if you recall seeing them in the past, do you remember how Papa, it was Papa 3, I think, appeared out of nowhere? Yeah. And it's just that, the all it is, it's, it's lights, right? Mm. You know, sorry to spoil the, spoil the magic. <laughs> but all it is, is really good lighting because he's just stood there the whole time, but it's lit in a way that you cannot see him. And then the light's, go on to him and it looks as if he's literally um appeared out of thin air mm. and it's those really basic old school theatrical tricks that have been going for ye- hundreds and hundreds of years that i want to see ghost utilize because every single time that would happen with papa three uh appearing like that the reaction was insane yeah. You know, and it, it can be really simple stuff like that. It doesn't have to be stuff that costs the earth. I mean, by all means, throw more pyro in, as they have done. But that's not what... That don't impress me much. That's not the stuff. I'm sorry about that. Um, that is not... That's not... I've seen pyro a lot. Like, by all means, have it. But there are other things you can do. Mm. And I think if it's a new band who are coming through who are having a real shot at trying to be one of these download headline bands or whatever and i know they are because i spoke to tobias about it earlier this year and yeah. they definitely are yeah yeah and they definitely I mean, could get when i spoke there. to him and he was saying that we look at ramstein and go yeah. i mean you think the amount of stuff ramstein have in every song yeah like exactly and and what what's amazing about ramstein's show yes it's shitloads of pyro but it's also the way they use that pyro like you're not you're not you will forget about fireworks that go off at the end of a band show, but you won't forget about the keyboardist being roasted in a gigantic pot with a flamethrower because yeah, that visual cool. and that aesthetic is just, it's just thinking outside the box just a little bit. And every time I see ghosts, I'm waiting for them to do that and mm. they don't do it. And, you know, some people would say that criticizing a band for doing not doing something is not good criticism and i understand that but i'm taking this tack because <coughs> of all the bands that could it would be fucking wicked if ghosted yeah um so that is my big thing that i'm gonna say about it that said i would like to throw some positive stuff in because as i said it was a very very good show mm. so 24 songs two hour set they play pretty much everything you'd want to hear Bar Secular Haze. I don't know why they're not playing Secular Haze anymore. I don't know if that's a um, issue. I don't know if that's a legal issue or anything like that. I have no idea. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, um, but but Secular Haze, I see as kind of one of their most... It's one of their biggest songs, isn't it? Yeah, I, well, I'm, yeah. Maybe not at this point, but maybe, definitely yeah. one of the, the... It's one of the standard sort of classics. It would be one of the, sort of, one yeah. of the few you'd think of from the, the earlier years. Yeah, but it, was, it, it was one of the only songs that they didn't... It was the only song that they play that didn't play that i was sort of bothered about um lots of stuff from prequel um more from meliora which i thought was interesting mm. the prequel songs went down very very well and undoubtedly some of those songs are going to be in the set for the rest of time you know as long as ghosts are a band dance macabre yeah. um rat's got an amazing response actually um just very quickly just because we've not talked about it what do you think of prequel I've listened to it once. What? Ooh, okay. Because <laughs> you're not bothered by it? Uh, I don't know why I haven't listened to it more. But okay. I haven't listened to it more. Okay. So I've, I, I, it's weird. They are such a massive band and they are such a big part of our 
sort of universe and yet it, it came out at a time where um i was just listening to you two and, <laughs> and i've not listened to it really okay fair I've enough just not listen to it i again prequel people are going mad over it and saying you know i mean the 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 guys at metal hammer you know are going absolutely shout out yeah, for it, yeah shout out guys yeah, at metal like, hammer yeah, but, like, but they flipping love it yeah, you know saying it's like a modern classic yeah yeah, yeah. and mm. um it's good like i think it's I, it's not as good as meliora and i think it's interesting that they played eight songs from meliora and they played six from prequel it's something that actually i was today actually uh going i put square hammer on today when i was uh, yeah, square on, on my way. They, they finished with that just before the encore and i was like i've not listened to the new i've only listened to the new album once yeah yeah i mean ridiculous i am not shitting on the new album it's a it's a good record and and there's some great songs on it mm. um but the response to the meliora material in my opinion was way more than the response to the prequel material i i felt right um having said that the response i mean i was slightly sad to see the response to anything from the first two records was very muted so really? it does, yeah well it does appear that we've now re- reached that tipping point uh. where people who like ghost have heard the last two albums but not really the first two so they always end on monstrance clock which yeah is the last i was gonna song. say well that's like their kind yeah. of classic yeah. closer which is a brilliant song i love it mm. um and in Royal Albert Hall, <laughs> I was expecting a massive chorus of "Come together, yeah. together as one," and uh, I like you went down the octave there. I like that. Thank you. Harmonies. Yeah. Um, and um, I mean, it would have been if you joined in with me, Steve. But well, I didn't know you were going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll plan it next time. Mm. Um, and uh, surprisingly little response or little kind really? of singing back, and I'm just like. Come on guys this is about the female orgasm come mm. on uh i hope you didn't do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah um it's a good thing you went there um so i mean that's neither here nor there because obviously that's not something the band can help it was just something i noticed mm. um <coughs> but look excuse me it was a it was a fantastic show it was really really good and i am I know this has sounded very negative overall, but it's because they are very, very, very good right now, but they should be phenomenal. Right. And everyone is saying, oh my God, show of the year, phenomenal. Uh, It wouldn't be in my top 10, I don't think, to be honest. Be in my top 20, but it wouldn't be in my top 10 this year. Um, And and Ghost, it should be. Mm, Yeah, it should be. Ghost at the Royal Albert Hall, that should be... I mean, it's not the it's not even the best show I've seen at Royal Albert Hall this year. But then I did see yeah, Irish Nails at Royal Albert Hall. <laughs> but you know, but yeah, but I was thinking this should be with all the talk around Ghost, like we should be talking about a Nine Inch Nails level of quality. And mm. I don't, it's not there yet. Fair enough. Okay. Well, um, you also see uh, Puppy, didn't you? As Puppy. Well? Yeah. Um, yes, Puppy are have just announced their debut album out yeah. in january and uh going from this show i am really looking forward to it um they played a bunch of old stuff they opened with entombed yeah i like puppy a lot oh yeah. yes i really really like that band but i i always considered entombed like their uh their, their last song yeah. you know the last song they played but opening with it is like yes they did a brilliant mixture of old stuff people stuff new and and new stuff that they haven't heard so mm. and uh, went between the two very very well great beyond and arabella arabella like people yeah. that song is fucking great. fucking great um it was really good 
I really, really enjoyed it. I want them to sound ever so slightly bigger. They only have one guitar, which is fine. I'm not suggesting get a second guitar or anything like that. This is a really techy, shitty thing to say, but I almost want them to get like some sort of octave pedal or something like that to to, to beef up the guitar a little bit. It's mm-hmm. the only thing I would say at this stage. Like, other than that, like pretty faultless and really good fun. They had like, what are those things that it's just a fan but it has some paper above it and and oh they're like it looks like a fire but it's not a real yeah, fire. yeah, yeah they yeah. had that because they've got that kind of faux satanic thing going <laughs> on and that was really good like they're, they're such fun dudes i mean we both know them relatively well yeah, yeah. And, and like they're really they're, they're fantastic and all the stuff they do around their videos and marketing and stuff is just brilliant mm. and um i'm really looking forward to that new record the new stuff sounded really good different. i heard a, i had a bit of the because uh, i saw them um headline in i think it was, like, was it boston music room they did the, uh, uh, oh so it was this show or yeah uh this was the borderline oh the borderline okay yeah because i saw it at the boston music room yes uh, i was at that show yeah, 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 yeah and uh the new stuff sounded really yeah. good and sounded like fucking aussie and van halen yes like randy rhodes guitar yeah tones with like weezer i was like this is fucking yeah. awesome yeah so look forward to that we will be doing more kind of live reviews i've not really been to many gigs recently i've got to be honest hey. i've not really been to many although i know that we will be reviewing in about in, a, in about a month from now you know what i got a press pass for the other day begging to talk to bono weren't i got you too so i'll be talking we reviewing you too on their tour because i'm going to that and i'll tell you what i sent the cheekiest email to their pr person going get 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 Bono on the podcast. Can we have Bono on the podcast? Is this a... And she was a bit like, well, I think it's probably not the moment. But, uh, <laughs> so, God, if, God, if we could start, give him a nudge, give Bono a nudge. If we could start a, start a hashtag, Bono for Riot Act or something yeah. like that. You know. oh. um, Everyone's like, we... Actually, it, guys, if you could do us a favour, and gals, if you could do us a favour and just tweet you two and be like, God, you have to get Bono on this podcast. It's absolutely phenomenal. The thing you is, know. I know that a lot of people are, are now going, oh, fuck you. I don't want Bono on this mm. fucking thing. Mm. Mm. Well, uh, I do. Well, we, we shouldn't reveal the idea, but you, I, I will say I'm not as big a U2 fan as Steve is uh, of the early stuff, I should, yeah. I should um, point out. But... Um, uh, Steve has a really cool idea for talking to Bono, and it, I you you're going to want to hear it. It's really I would love to do this chat with, yeah. with Bono. Yeah, it's a really. I good would idea. Lo- I would love to do it. It's it would be the it would be a dream come true. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I'm going to go and see you too, so I'm happy about that. Yeah, good times. Uh, all right, let's do the trade off. Last week, I gave you Renfrey. You can't what you can't you can't fight what you can't see by Girls Against Boys from 2002, yes. and you gave me the debut album by Arcane Roots, Blood and Chemistry. Yes. So, um, uh, who would like to start out of the two of us? Do you want to talk about Girls Against Boys, or do you want me to talk about Arcane Roots? You just talk about. Okay, let's talk about. Okay, okay, so. They're obviously they're splitting up now on on the Arcane Roots and you did a very big thing about ah, it's unfair, it's not fair, it's ah why. And I thought like <laughs> it's a great impression of me. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I've been working on it. Um and um if ever you're ill, I can just do both voices. I go, Oh, welcome to right act. <laughs> it's not fair. Um which is not what you sound that's, like. That's a bit harsh. At all. At all. Uh yeah. Oh, it's me, Renfrey. Actually you don't sound like I'm some, not that nasal. You Christ. Sound like some Somebody else, don't you? Okay, yeah. uh, uh, I'm going with it. <laughs> yeah, so I only really knew I'd sort of seen them a few times, and I'd heard a couple of songs. I always thought they seemed quite good. 
I thought Melancholia Hymns from last year was fucking brilliant. It knocked yep. me for six. I thought it was really, really great. Um, uh, this is heavier than that, I think. Yes. It's also less original than Melancholia Hymns. I thought Melancholia okay. Hymns has got um, much more of a unique tone to it, I think. I think that's fair. Yeah, uh, fair enough. I think this is still very good. Yeah. But when you were saying, oh, I think it's a tragedy and da, 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 they were ignored, I actually thought, on the basis of this, I wouldn't say it's not a tragedy that they were ignored, but I can see how they might have slipped through the net a little bit. Really? On the basis of this album. Yeah, a little bit. I think 2013 was not a good time to be, I think we've said this before, it wasn't a good time to be a sort of heavy British band, but when when I consider stuff like, like Nation by TRC came out, um, which mm. is a very, very different record from this, mm, but, yeah, I was gonna say it's but, but it kind of got ignored. And like Severance by Heart of a Coward came out at that time as well, which I thought was great and it kind of didn't really do anything. And the year before, like if, you, if you'd if you gone back six, eight months or so, you had like Bad Weather by Palm Reader and you had Burning Suns well, by... Um, uh, yes, but I, I mean, I, I'm saying I think it's a tragedy that all of those records yeah, were Yeah, of course. Ignored. No, that's you know? fine. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's the fine. point. It's just, you know. I, I can understand... Yeah, it is, but I, I, I'm just like... I can see how this would have slipped through the cracks. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because a lot of those very, very good albums did. And I, hierarchically, if that's a word... We'll go with it. Yep. Invented a new word again. Um, in, t- in terms of a sort of hierarchy, it it's not a competition for who was the most wronged, obviously. But I don't feel like Arcane Roots are the most wronged of that kind of school of bands personally mm. uh, i think it's good this record mm. i think it's you know it's it's got some some really cool songs on it mm. uh there's one called trip type Tri- Tri- i want to talk about is, Tyke, yeah. which is really fucking brilliant well trip type like i mean please please listen to trip type if you've not heard it before and then uh be bowled over by the fact that andrew groves is singing and playing that insane riff at the same time yeah um, i mean for uh, three piece they oh, it's ridiculous it's ridiculous that that's very very impressive yeah trip tyke is is, is an incredible song mm, yeah yeah mm. they hated playing it live oh i fucking bet they did <laughs> yeah yeah, um, yeah but it is a great song yeah it's a really really good song and the album's good like it's a good it's a good record it, it's a good record that came out at a time where lots of good records were being yeah, ignored sure, I think sure. that's the thing and I kind of my takeaway from it is they improved so like maybe it's because I'm coming off the back of Melancholy Hymns which I thought was really really excellent mm. um, I see I I I love Melancholy Hymns but push came to shove I prefer this record to Melancholy Hymns I just think Melancholy Hymns sounds less like anyone else yeah than than this does i I listen to this and i go okay well there's bits of kind of biffy clyro and bits of of post hardcore things in there and there's bits of sugar bits of yeah and you know kind of for want of a better word screamo but not in the sort of shit yeah yeah, but like (laughs) you know there's there's all those bits in there that i i recognize as i don't want to again i don't want to say tropes but Uh as recognizable um, signifies to a certain sound of a certain subgenre, and it's a cool mix. And the songs are very good. Uh, whereas Melancholy Hymns, I think you put it on and you go, "Hmm, yeah, this doesn't really yeah. sound like anyone else." And that, that that's awesome that you say that because that's exactly what they wanted to achieve with Melancholy Hymns. Mm. And and I get what you're saying. I would definitely agree that Blood and Chem- uh, yeah, sorry, Blood and Chemistry is less original. But then having said that. I think the main through line for me is kind of Biffy Clyro meets Meshuggah. Mm. 
Who else has done that? Uh, I can't think of many people. Yeah, I've true. just given Steve a look, which is see. Yeah, true. Uh, but yeah, so you know, I'm. I, uh, yeah, I'm not saying they're the most. They they got early on in their career they got a lot of biffy clyro comparisons which i think by the end started to annoy them a little bit even though they love those guys and they've been on tour with them and all that kind of thing <coughs> that said and sorry guys but in, it, it is there like you can see the the certainly early biffy they're quite reminiscent definitely of, uh, early on um but um i just i I understand everything you're saying. I just think these songs are brilliant. I think Resolve is one of the best songs written in the last 10 years, like track two. Yeah, it's a good song. Just fucking great, you know? And like, I I just, yeah, I think Triptych is an amazing song. Mm. I think Sacred Shapes is an amazing song, you know? It's track four, I think. Um, Yeah, I I just love the tunes. I just love the songs. It is interesting because I people seem to either think this album's okay or they fucking love it you know and obviously i'm in the uh latter camp but mm. yeah yeah interesting interesting yeah i just maybe it's because i thought that there's much more yeah, i found melancholy hymns much more interesting and much more unique fair enough uh, that's definitely not untrue like mm. it's certainly more unique than 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 blood and chemistry yeah. fair enough but anyway yeah uh, i gave you you can't fight what you can't see by Girls Against Boys. Yes. Renfrey, what are you saying about this? Well, I knew I like Girls Against Boys because um, it was uh, Freak on ICA. We couldn't remember the... Freak on Echo, yeah. Freak on Echo, the... the or uh, Monday ICA. I've never heard anyone uh, say it out loud until yeah, then. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, so I've, that was the only Girls Against Boys album I had. Um, so I was aware of them and I was aware of their sound, sort of... Nine, 90s rock band with electronic tropes would you say Tune- not not in a pitch shifter sense no no uh, they're they're uh new york, slacker new york alt rock with bass heavy like kind of yes. post-punk they've got two bass players oh i didn't know that yeah that's cool yeah so there's it's scott mcleod on vocals and guitar and then there's two bass players. Uh, the only people that are in it I can remember, Eli Janney, I think, is the keyboard player. But they've got two bass players and a guitarist and a drummer. That's their five piece. Which That's is wicked. Which is fucking like a unique uh, just approach straight away. So everything's super bass heavy. I didn't know that, but that absolutely makes sense. Uh, the first song on this record is called Bass Station. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's great. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of... Uh, imagined i would like this anyway because mm. i like freak on ica or mm. Mick or whatever um and uh yes i did uh it's really good yeah, it's um great. i think it's a really it's really good album i immediately liked it as much as freak on ica and considering i've owned freak on ica for about 10 years yeah it's probably a better record um the i really love the last two tracks yeah. Uh, the come down and let it breathe. Yeah, it was less of the less of the particularly let it breathe. Less mm. of the girls against boys signature sound, but like a really awesome ending to that record. Um, but it's just it's a very strong record throughout. Like like it doesn't really have a week but it doesn't drop off i don't, I don't think. think so i mean i think yeah the come down is brilliant um uh, there are so many like lines that in it that see, scott mcleod has got this way of singing and it's not even really singing he just kind of like 
just sort of mumbles out the side of his mouth, bit of a doesn't he? He's bit like of a, a sneer, kind of sneery, yeah. like, yeah. calm down. Yeah, yeah. Use your arm. <laughs> down again, you know what? <laughs> like, uh, and, um, yeah, like, I don't like Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood. Yeah, I don't like Hollywood. Just like, just like, he's almost like he's too cool yeah, to sing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, yeah. yeah, you know they're Courtney Love's favourite band? What? Courtney Love's favourite band. Okay. Ever. Fair play. I mean, so, that might put people off. Uh, well, it shouldn't. But it shouldn't, because yeah. they, they are, they're ace. They're brilliant. Um, I'm kind of annoyed that I only had one record beforehand, but I'm going to yeah. pick this up. I 100%. mean, I love them. They are one of my sort of favorite cult bands. Like they're one of those of my favorite sort of forgotten bands. Yeah. Like when yeah. I talk, about, I talk about Curb Dog a lot, and I talk yeah. about like um, yeah, who else? Oh, well, mostly Curb Dog to be fair. Uh, but <laughs> but Girls Against Boys are definitely, definitely like one of those bands. Where yeah. I mean, I think um, a lot of people like Tropic of Scorpio. Their debut was sort of because of their debut. But Venus Luxury, number one baby, the second album is the one that most people go. That's the sort of the the okay. best one I think it's good it's yeah. got some fucking awesome songs in it Cruise Yourself the one that's fun up is quite good House of Girls Against Boys they got they, they basically get better as they go okay, along okay as I think Venus Luxure is better than Tropic of Scorpio Cruise Yourself is probably the one where it dips off a little bit House of Girls Against Boys is better than all the others Freak on ICA is better than all of them and then this is their last album which came out in 2002 and I would say this is their best record okay and what's interesting and I, I I'm not sure if this was a direct, um, a direct sort of uh, writing process from the same time, but they actually there's an, a film called which kind of predates a uh, really kind of it's not a great film, but it's a really interesting idea from 2001 called Series Seven: The Contenders. Yes, they did. Is they did the soundtrack? They did the or sa- yeah, they did the full score for that. Right. So not even the soundtrack, the actual score. Right. Okay. And there are a few. There are about three or four of the songs on this album. Like early versions of of those songs are on the score oh, cool. of series seven, and some of them are like in instrumental form as well. So cool. there's no like vocals on them and stuff. And um, series seven, of the contenders is a uh, is a kind of mockumentary film before kind of the mockumentary like i guess it came out before like the office and stuff mm-hmm. and i know like there was obviously mockumentaries before that but it's a kind of mockumentary um movie of this like reality tv show where you get picked to be part of this tv show where you get given a gun and you have to kill the other six people is it so the running man it's like the running man. Yeah, it's kind of like the running man, but basically you just get one day people knock on your door and go there's a gun you, you're you're in the the contenders. What's that uh, famous line that Arnie says in the running man? I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, that was, I was trying to get you to do your Arnie impression. Oh, right. No, no. Um, <laughs> Performing monkey. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah sorry. I'm not going to do it now. I was actually thinking, like, what does he say? What does he say? Probably, in, uh, I don't know. What? Get, what, uh, get what, to the chopper? He doesn't say get to the chopper. He says, um, what, what's the fucking guy with the chainsaw? What happened to the thing with the chainsaw? He had to split. Like, after he, like... Dead, and then he like throws the guy through the like bullseye thing and he goes dead hit the spot <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking lad what, what and then that? he picks a man up and throws him over a bridge and goes give you a lift so he throws him it's not really giving someone a lift it's picking someone up and throwing them off a bridge doesn't really work but I think he made them up on the spot I've seen a lot of interviews with Arnie and he made a lot of them 
Did he? Yeah, man. Um, stick around in Predator when he said he threw the thing and they were like, oh, "Hold it there," and he just went stick it around. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, cool. Um, I didn't know that. And of course, uh, I think he also made up. <laughs> <laughs> off the top of his head as well which, uh, which is a classic a honestly classic yeah. iconic line anyway nothing to do with Girls Against Boys or, or Series 7 The Contenders but yeah it's it's basically like um, pre-Battle Royale the uh, the the Japanese film uh, yeah 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 um, and it's about yeah and, it's, and Girls Against and the director said he was like I wanted my idea was a kind of dystopian futuristic rock band Right, would do the soundtrack for this show that is basically like you get given a gun and you have to like and these people are just living their life so like the lead character and it's pregnant she's like nine months pregnant and she's just like oh you loads of six people are going to try and come and try and kill you it's a good series sounds cool it's just one film it's just one sorry a film film. it's a good film it's an alright film it's not brilliant it's a good I mean I really running man no, it's not as good as a running man, but it's a really good idea. But I mean, the point is, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, there it's are cool. kind of skeletal ideas for this record on the score of That's that cool. film. That's cool. Well, uh, one, so thing, yeah, one thing, just to pick up on that, I'd say that like, as far <laughs> as far as these, you know, there are a lot of bands who are trying to incorporate electronics into mm. their, a lot of rock bands trying to incorporate electronics into their rocks, into their sounds, especially with the Prodigy going supernova and all that kind of thing. Uh, Girls Against Boys started, before the prodigy got big, I should say mm, they did they start at the end of the eighties, didn't they? There's not, yeah, but there's not really. I mean, I wouldn't say there's a lot of actual. There's keys, there's keyboards. It wouldn't. It's not really synth. It's no, really sure. Like well, dancey I, I, stuff. Sure, I don't. I don't want to give the wrong impression because it's the electronics are very subtle. Mm. But what I was going to say is, a lot of those bands have aged quite badly. Yeah, I I adore like pit shifter for example yep. i adore them but i can't honestly put my hand on heart and say www.pitshifter.com could have come out yesterday because no. it's very 90 sounding um but i don't i don't think girls against boys have aged that badly no. really i mean i i think it's funny like freak on icker if that's what, or ico whatever we're going to call it that is that's the one that's got i think has got the most sort of electronics on it maybe that's why i'm saying it because that's yeah. the one i'm most I, I think like i mean this album um, you can't find we can't see it came out on jade tree in 2002 right like during sort of oh, the early did emo. not view girls against boys as a jt band at all no but wow. even like a song like um uh on house of girls against boys um what's the song that's got it's got a, it, it it goes along on like an almost kind of uh what is the name of the song that i'm thinking of it's got like a kind of um uh hammond organ like it's built on a kind of big like Hammond organ style riff on on the on the keys Disco 666 that's the one um, which is stealing Rob Rob Zombie's titles there yeah (laughs) but it's fucking brilliant and and yeah and and, and even that like I don't really look at that and go oh that's them using electronics it's them using sort of keys and yeah no you're probably right I I, I probably only sort of view them as that because Freak on ICO is the only record I was familiar with I mean that is the one that's got the most sort of electro right disco sort of throb to it but there is there's loads of like disco-y bass to it but I don't I think it's kind of real instrumentation as opposed to yeah yeah yeah. I mean they've got a keyboard player but I don't think it's like the bass to me, the the rhythm, the the that kind of three man rhythm section are the thing that drives, and this kind of slacker like mumble, um, yeah, like dude. 
maybe I mean it's more dancey than I mean more electronic because of the mm. rhythms in it. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. that's that's what I'm trying so to get just at. Maybe fucking New York as fuck. Yeah, but like, yeah, you, yeah, you know, yeah. this is a few years before like the Strokes and all that stuff happened. Yeah, and I just feel like Girls Against Boys were like cruelly ignored, like for years. In in all their albums, basically, came, like they only had one album come out in the the sort of in the new in the, the in this millennium. And which is this one which is it? this yeah. one yeah. and by that point you know they've been dropped by Geffen and uh, like they I think they're on the Clark's soundtrack like Kill the Sex Player is is on the uh, the Kevin Smith film is on the oh right 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 on, right, the, okay. on the Clark's I thought, you, I thought you meant the shoe shop I was like <laughs> what <laughs> yeah that would be really fucking weird but like so they had a couple of they had a couple of things that sort of happened to them and okay. they're actually funny enough since we're talking about therapy today who are another band who kind of had the you know the peaks and the troughs so they actually yeah, did a kind so. of joint headline tour around kind did of 95 they? 96 in this country with therapy which oh. I didn't get to see which I would have really really liked that would have been brilliant yeah yeah, yeah. Um, actually no so they did that in america and over here they play with rocket from the crypt rocket from the crypt and girls against boys that still would have been cool oh. yeah that's would have been oh, very cool so good so anyway they're a great band if you haven't heard of girls against boys and you don't know anything about them like they are unbelievably fucking brilliant yeah band. definitely check them out they, mm. they, they don't quite sound like anyone else and that's no they don't quite an achievement mm. no one else is quite done this yeah. before so they're a yeah. wicked band so i'd start there and go backwards cool um next week mm-hmm. what are you gonna give us give us um are you aware of a band called cavorts uh spell it c-a-v-o-r-t-s no they released their- <laughs> you could be a cheerleader for them <laughs> c-a-v-o-r-t-s what do we want probably post-rock when do we want it's it it's not post-rock it not? okay it's good. not post-rock i listened to what you were saying <laughs> And I mean, there will be future post-rock records. I'm sure there will. Uh, but no, it is not post-rock. It, I believe it is very up Mr. Stephen Hill's alley. Right. Uh, I, I don't want to say any more about it, but it's their debut record that I want you to look at. Uh, I believe it's their only record at the moment. And it's called Got Your Brass. Got Your Brass. They're Got a Scar band. N- no. All right. Okay. No. So Got Your Brass. Cavort. Um, Got, Got Your brass. brass. Got Your Brass. From what year? 2015 12. is my guess. 2015. Yes, I will confirm that okay. when you, as you well, tell me yours. Irony of irony, Renfries. Yeah, you're not Renfries. 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 All the Renfries listening. Because um, <laughs> there's so many. <laughs> I'm of sure us. there's loads. <laughs> Uh, next week you are getting a post some sort of oh, post rock album from me because um, we I know you've seen them but not really listened to them public broadcast service yes yes I saw them live uh, two or three years ago as part of K-Scope's um, uh-huh. 10th anniversary shows but, yeah. Um, yeah so I listened um, to their I can never remember the one with James it's got an album with James Dean Bradfield on that came out about a year ago oh, right. it's about the the mine about the coal mines in Wales it's all about the coal mines in Wales as, really as most albums are yeah well it's bloody good. should be it's really good <laughs> and i was like that's really good and i sort of went back the other day and i listened to inform educate and entertain their debut album from 2013 so it's basically kind of um proggy uh proggy kind of instrumental music it's more electronic though isn't it from what i recall not always not right? okay 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 not always okay. like there's there's some big old riffs on this record cool okay but um, yeah, I, I think you know that I'm giving you this because it's something that I after having given you stuff from like I wonder what you'll think about it. This yeah. is basically like here's something that I think you'll definitely like. Cool, I quite enjoyed them at the show, and right. then I never got around to properly listening to them again. Pathetic. Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, so public service broadcast, 
Public Broadcast Services, Inform, Educate and Entertain from me and Cavort. Uh, got your brass. Got your brass. Uh, from October 2014. Sweet. Okay. Lovely stuff. Basically 2015. I'll let you off. You can have that. Um, <laughs> so anyway, let's crack on. Let's do some reviews. Let's start with Thrice. Um, yes. Let's. So this is the 10th studio album by the post-punk prog cult lads. Um, <laughs> it's called Palms, as I think I just said. And uh, yeah, I guess it's their, their second album since they came off of their hiatus yeah i mean i mean yes it was a hiatus but they were gone for about three seconds but yeah. well you know quite yes. but uh, i think you know uh, we brought this up um with another band being like oh this is the sort of second album after they've come back and it's a bit like uh, before and i can't remember off the top of my head who it was but that's the thing uh, interpol it was Interpol, you're quite right. Yeah, Interpol, where you sort of go like, once you say we're breaking up and then people go, oh, they're back. And then you get the mm-hmm. album and there's often a lull um, mm-hmm. after that initial album, if that initial album's any good in the first place. For me, um, I loved To Be Everywhere Is To Be Nowhere. It was one of my favourite albums in a year full of absolutely staggeringly brilliant music. And I still think it um, it held its own quite comfortably with the very very best music that came out in 2016 i i loved it because i will say this i love everything thrice has done i Mm. don't think they've ever released a bad record um but uh if i'm totally honest uh, out of all the thrice records it's actually quite low down for me is it but but i but it's brilliant like yeah it's a fantastic record it is a great i think it's like personally i have to say I think it's a great record. Um, and I've got it on vinyl just behind me there. Oh. If you're interested. Oh, you, yeah, I'll you, take that. You should. Well, you know, you're not having it. Uh, so anyway, that brings us to that brings us to Palms, though. Now, where where have Thrice gone? Um, have they succumbed to the Interpol thing of, uh, of <laughs> basically blowing it? Um, not for my money. Not in a billion, million, trillion years. Oh, wow. I like uh, everything they've done, don't you? So. I like everything they've done, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Thrice are one of those bands that... Well, look, I like everything they've done because they have... If you think of the bands that Thrice sort of came up with, so it was, they kind of came out of that metalcore scene a bit, like in early 2002 yeah. sort of thing. Uh, kind uh, of. More like uh, bands like Cave-In and... Um, like as friends rust and that sort of thing. Yeah, sort of thought, not yeah, quite like the equal not, vision. Yeah, the equal vision thing and like not quite as heavy as those bands, but certainly they probably would have been considered in that scene. Yeah, and if you think of like even compared to Caving, which is an insane thing to say, if you think of the amount of places that Thrice have gone in their career, mm. uh, the amount of things they've done, the amount of things that they've tried, the experimentation they've done, you know, they <gasps> they are. It's a bit of a cliche, but they are often referred to as the radio head of the alternative world. Mm. And whilst that is probably, well, who doesn't who doesn't like to be compared to Radiohead? But whilst that's probably quite annoying to hear all the time, it's just true, isn't it? Like they mm. do everything, and but the reason I adore them is because I personally think they do everything really well. Yeah, um, really, really well, mm. and um. I think part of my problem with To Be Everywhere Is To Be Nowhere is, when I say problem, I I really like that album, but it felt like, it felt like a sequel to Major Minor, which was their record that they released before they split up. It felt like the second part of that record to me. Um, It's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Uh, (laughs) That's why I said it. 
That's a dickish thing to say. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, but I think that Lucasade's gone to my face. Head. Um, my face head. Palms feels like... I mean, the moment it starts, it sounds like, you know, Disney's version of Blade Runner. Um, it's, there's this kind of noirish yeah to keyboard thing or or, or or the soundtrack from the terminator the original one you know mm. like dun, 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 dun. they have not done that before as far as i'm aware that synthesizer type thing no. um it starts out and it does not sound like a thrice album it becomes a thrice album pretty damn quickly um but you know that's quite different mm. um i'm gonna jump straight to my favorite song go on then. the piano song the piano song uh that is not what it is called the uh, everything belongs i was gonna say everything belongs is, i think that's my favorite on it as well track five yeah it's fucking brilliant is so uplifting mm. and so uh, it, it uh, you aware of mother love bone yeah of you know yeah. crown of thorns yeah it remind the piano riff in it reminds me of crown of thorns mm. so much and that is not a bad thing no. um and the, the vocal's really low for Dustin's register normally, but it just becomes this, just gradually builds over a period of three, four minutes in quite a post-rocky way, uh, which I, I quite like. Yeah. And it, it it just, it's masterful, just the way it builds, and it becomes this really triumphant thing that they have not done. I mean, there's a lot of piano on this record, you know. I'm kind of hoping they tore it with a keyboard player or, or something, because I think... I think these parts parts need to be filled in. They feel like essential to the songs, particularly mm. that song. You can't play that song live without the piano bit. I don't think. No, no, no. Um, yeah, it'd be massively lacking something if if that. I think they will. Like you know, why? why I bloody they? hope so. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, just the fact that Thrice continue to do new things and and are doing it here. Um, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's absolutely brilliant. I think the. The gr- when I when I first heard the grey, which was a single that they released, I was mm. a little bit unsure. I was a bit like, yeah, me too. I, I was. I think you know, it's one of those things that they're an album band. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They're an album band, and the reason why we don't go mad on what do you think of the new song or first reactions to to single songs so much on this show is that, that the sort of stuff I think that both of us are interested in. One song you listen to it to go, there's a song, um, or, or you. I listen to a new song in kind of almost in anticipation of what else I'm going to get. I don't listen to it like it's very rare that bands that I really, really like, I'll listen to one song and that thought that I have of that one song won't change completely by the mm. time the record comes out and I've mm. had time to live with the record. So, you know, I sort of did it with like my Death Heavens when, um, um, not Canary Yellow, it was uh, the one before Canary Yellow on the album. That was the first one that came out. Yeah, sorry. whatever it was, yeah, it yeah. was. Um, I was like, "This is good, I think," mm, but mm, without mm. the rest of the record, it doesn't make any sense yeah. to me. So and yeah. now, now it's like an album of the year contender. Yeah, yeah, basically. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the grey works so much. I, I understand it now mm. uh, in context of the album, and I think I, I understand why they released that song. Now it, it is probably the most straight ahead, but it's also like lyrically, it kind of sums up the album quite well. It's basically. I, I, my interpretation of it is, you know, he sort of says, I'm not in the black, I'm not in the white, I'm now in the grey, you know, mm. and it's just sort of saying basically matters are so much more complicated than you you might take credit for them or whatever. And I think 
that's what a lot of this record is about maybe yeah um and i really like i i, I just i just think that's an interesting I, I think dustin's lyrics are always brilliant and it's really interesting you can peel up they they the on a on a casual listen they might sound like they're about one thing but if you peel away the layers a bit they're far more interesting than, than that and mm. uh i really like that about thrice there was one thing i noticed in terms of the guitar playing which i thought was quite ironic that we spent all of last week talking about jeff buckley and going no one really plays guitar like jeff buckley and there are huge swathes of disconnected um ringing chiming guitar part particularly on a song like what's the song just breathe yeah was one where i was like that's pure kind yeah. of jeff buckley in the way that it, f- it sort of flows like a like a wave over you um this album's really good yeah i think it's really good like i actually uh, i've never been a massive thrice fan okay i've never been a massive thrice fan who you know will go into the the kind of what's the alchemy index mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. all those like really so the alchemy really index is one of my favorite things thrice i've ever done yeah because yeah. super proggy i know and yeah, all that and yeah. i know I, I like that stuff from a lot of bands but um I was always more into Coed and Cambria if I had to pick one of the two of the bands that came around at that time. Right. Um, but I loved To Be Ever As To Be Nowhere because I just went, this is just a great rock band. Like the yes. fact that stuff like Black Honey was getting on MTV and yeah, getting, which was like awesome. being played on kind of rock radio in the in the US and stuff. And it was yeah. like, that's not something that you would normally have associated with them, especially, you know, when we go back to talking about, you know, like <laughs> that you're on the same label as Strike Anywhere and yeah, were yeah, considered yeah. one of those bands when they first mm. started up and then st- became this post-prog emo fucking hardcore band. Yeah. Like, it's an in- it's a it's a really, like you say, a really interesting path that they've taken. And I think the great thing about this is, is that it's more... It's more of a challenge than the last record. Yeah, it's definitely. certainly more of a challenge. It's certainly way more complex, yep. but it's not alienating. So, no. like, it still felt really. I knew halfway through the record, I was like, "This is really great." Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. sometimes I would listen to Thrice and go, "I'm not sure." And like mm-hmm. on the last one, straight away, I was like, "That's clearly a banger. Mm-hmm. That's clearly mm-hmm. a rager. That's mm-hmm. going to be amazing live." Like this is, and they've they seem to have found a way to be able to present their music really, really. Um, sim- simply while still being very, very proficient, interesting musicians. Yeah, and absolutely. that's a really, really difficult skill. And um, I- I'd say yeah, it's less it's really great. I'd say it's less immediate than to be everywhere. It but is. It is definitely less immediate. But I think because they've gone back to having, you know, at least nods to that. Yeah, like you say the the synth parts and yeah the there's quite a lot of fahisu on it i think yeah. that's how you pronounce it and mm. bits of the the, water, the alchemy index certainly the mm. water part and stuff like that but um but personally having had it for a few weeks now mm. i can and i can only probably say this in the last four or five days but i'm confident now that i prefer it to be to to be everywhere okay um but yes it is less immediate than to be everywhere definitely but it's yeah, a great record i'm not really at that uh point yet personally sure. but and i never i may never may never be because yeah, i yeah. really really love that last record i think it's fucking great yeah um but it's i mean where where would you <sighs> tough question but where does it sit on that sliding scale of thrice records as someone who Cons- likes everything mm, uh, considering they have 10 out I, mm, you'd probably have to ask me that again in two or three months to okay be, to be totally honest um um it's mm, middle I don't, I, don't, I don't know you'd have to ask me in a couple of months it's mm. 
the thing with Thrice's stuff is there isn't much of a through line with it. There, there kind of is. They're always identifiably Thrice, but then they've done so many different things. It's a really. Yeah. I, I don't think I could even tell you my favorite Thrice record. Like it's between like the Alchemy Index, Fahisu, and Major Minor. And maybe the artist in the ambulance. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I've just named half their that's records. That's cool. Yeah, exactly. That's really exactly. cool. That they do that. I mean, yeah. I've, there's lots of bands I feel like that. Probably. Yeah. So yeah. 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 But yeah, I'm, I'm. I really like this a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I it's really like this a lot. So there you go. Thrice Palms is out right now. Let's talk about another band who are um, well, fifteen studio albums deep. If you include Baby Teeth and Pleasure Death, mm-hmm. which are obviously mini albums don't at me <laughs> don't write uh, in don't write in please um but therapy uh, another band who uh, have been notoriously difficult to pin down throughout oh, their career God, yeah yes um they Just have a new degree. album out called called cleave mm. um the last one was disquiet which came out in 2015 and i thought it was great and i also thought for a band who do so much different stuff and for a band who um uh, have been like we say notoriously difficult to pin down it was the first time disquiet in a long time where i went sounds a bit like classic if there is such a thing as classic therapy disquiet sounded a little bit like classic therapy oh really okay um i would say that of this album i'm I'm not sure if i'd say it of disquiet 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 bounced off me ever so slightly um only a little bit i I still i i I enjoy everything therapy do really uh on some level certainly but um yeah disquiet disquiet uh, i mean i have i have got into this record a lot more than disquiet i have to say okay it's short sharp it sounds they got chris sheldon back and chris sheldon to produce it and chris sheldon is you know i mean he's done like ocean size um biffy clyro mm. ruben mm. um like basically some of the best british rock bands of the last 10 20 years yeah. and he has that really big kind of precise massive riff mm. feel to his stuff mm. i think sheldon is one of those producers where you can go i think that's probably a chris sheldon record yeah um and it sounds like it because they they did was it the trouble gum they did with sheldon before i uh, I was. think it was Gagarth who did. Oh, you um, might be right. Who did Trouble Gum? But they've definitely. I'm sure they've worked with Sheldon before. Mm. Um, and um, this is just short, sharp, ten songs, thirty-three minutes, just under thirty-three minutes. Thirty-three long. minutes. Like alt pop metal. Mm. Um, at and it's great. I, I, there's nothing on this record I don't like. Yeah, I don't think. It's, they're just a reliably great band. Yeah. Both yeah. live and on record. Although I, although I think that's doing them an ever so slight disservice because whilst whilst you shouldn't interpret reliable as doing the same thing over and over again, I think people do. sometimes do mm. interpret that as that. And therapy don't do that. They no, do they don't. very, very different records mm. um, all the time. And I think you're you're absolutely not wrong but i own i'm I'm only picking that up because i don't want people to assume that oh they just do the same record every time no they they don't really do not no they don't at all and um what i I mean like i did listen to disquiet and go ah it's got a bit of kind of trouble gum vibe Mm, to it like if you want to call if you want to call that the classic therapy that's what it sounds like to me the kind of classic therapy most people would call that the classic therapy. yeah whereas this one um i'd even go back to nurse like, right, do you know what I mean? Like, right. I think, you know, stuff like, um, and even actually Wreck It, like Beckett, the first song yeah, of it, yeah. 
which is brilliant. Like lyrically, that does sort of yeah. go go to those kind of ner- those places that they went to a nurse. But it's got the same kind of rattle that they had on um, Never Apologize, Never Explain. Yes. Which is, I mean, obviously we spoke a few weeks ago. If you go back to episode two or episode three of Riot Act, um, then we we I did that chat with Andy Cairns about mm-hmm. Suicide mm-hmm. Packed You First, which was this kind of Stooges-inspired noise rock album. And then after that, they did uh, they did a couple of records that um that were much more easily digestible but still felt like they were about to fall apart at any moment and, uh, and like I, one cure fits all yeah and one, never yeah, apologize never explain that yeah, kind of yeah, yeah 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 and um and that little pit like i and i i really really like that period i thought they had it that was like a proper great second wind yeah um for for therapy and there's a bit of of that where like you say, like when you say it's funny saying it about Chris Sheldon and how he's precise with his riffs. Mm. I think what's great about this is the riffs sound like helmet bleeding mm. out. Mm. Like, mm, do you know mm, what I mean? Mm, they sound mm. like helmet, uh, like l- tuning, not tuning right down because that would make them heavier, but kind of letting their strings kind of flap around. Helmet to me were always like super staccato, unbelievably precise, like thick, hard, like a you know a strong straight armed punch to the jaw mm. whereas therapy right riffs that are much punkier and scratchier and bouncier and bouncier yeah. and and, uh, and there's just loads of that on this and also and andy cairns um like when you talk about um dustin as a lyricist andy cairns he just pins these like yeah. that kind of um he's got that kind of irish um street fighting like um thing about poetically like a kind of a really working class simple poetic yeah like no nonsense but kind of something really really brilliantly relatable yeah and really specific about the things that he says he, he's remarkably good at saying a lot with very little mm. so um there's a song on this uh i can't remember the title of it but the chorus is just it's okay not to be okay uh, yeah um and the, the, there's barely any lyrics to that song at all. But, um, like, and I, my assumption is it's about, like, mental health and stuff mm. like that. And it's definitely a subject that has come up in therapy stuff in the past. Uh, quite a lot, actually. Yeah. So um, so my assumption is that's what it's about. But, yeah, just, just him singing, it's okay not to be okay, like, over and over again in quite a, yeah. quite a chipper-ish sort of, mm. but heavy way. It's 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 awesome it's it's really 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 cool yeah um he's he's really good uh like on trouble gum he's really good at making song titles choruses yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so like there's a few of them um uh just trying to find them well wreck it the first song on it wreck it, wreck like, it like beckett, wreck it. Like yeah, beckett. Like beckett. <laughs> um, it's brilliant uh it's it's uh it's stuff like success 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 is survival uh save me from the ordinary mm. i stand alone and you know like th- those all of them the, the 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 chorus is basically the song title yeah and by the second time around that the chorus comes around the first time you hear it you probably know the chorus already yeah. and they use that trick a lot on trouble gum but it's used quite a bit on cleave as well mm. um and um it's irresistible it's just great it's really well done and they are the sort of band who we should be really, really thankful exist. Definitely, um, because they have never—they have never released a bad album. They have never had any kind of props really from the music industry, bar that little tiny 
bump that they had for for trouble gum in in the mid 90s yeah. which went almost as quickly as it arrived yeah um but and they have just carried on and it would have been really easy for therapy to split up and it would have been yeah. really easy for them to just carry on trying to recreate the formula of trouble gum mm. and they haven't done that and once again you know they they lean on their past a little bit yeah like as as all bands do but 15, they know 15 albums yeah, yeah they know fine. they know what sort of band they are yeah um but they are just such brilliant songwriters they are just such lyrically interesting as a band James uh, Joyce fucked my sister. James Joyce fucked my sister. <laughs> and one of the best lines in any uh, song in any genre ever. I yeah, think. and they they're just they make darkness and sort of anger and destruction seem like such a lot of fun. Yes, yes, that's a great way to put therapy. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Hence therapy. Yeah. Question mark. So anyway, um, if you haven't heard therapy, then I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say this is the place to start, but you really have got. I mean, you've really got a hell of a fucking journey to go on. It's not not the place to start. I, I, was, about say, I, wouldn't say, I, I was about to say it's not a terrible place to start. I no, mean, it's you not. know, the place to start is Trouble Gum. Let's not piss around the bush. Let's mm. not piss around the bush. Well, that's, no, no, that's that. I mean, that's not, not good for bushes at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's not beat around it either. But no. uh, <laughs> I'm obsessed with pissing around bushes today. Um, but uh, uh, <laughs> you've hidden it well. <laughs> It's what I've been scrolling in my notes this whole time. I've just put piss around bushes, piss around bushes, piss around bushes. So for the Paul Weller review. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Trouble Gum almost certainly is the place to start, but mm. this is not a bad second place. Like, if you love Trouble Gum, this is a pretty good place to start. Yeah, if you want to... Where else would you would you go? Like, if, let's pretend Trouble Gum doesn't exist. Um, I... I I like Infernal Love a lot, although I probably wouldn't start with that. Because I don't that's know if that's a starting point. Yeah, certainly yeah. one of the more difficult. Um, never apologize, never explain. I oh, think fair is probably yeah. uh, the and high high anxiety. I think I was about. I was going to say well. my pick would be if we can't have trouble gum. I would say high anxiety. Yeah, high anxiety. Never apologize. I mean, Suicide Pact. I think is brilliant. I think Semi Detached is really yeah, unbelievably underrated. Yeah, because that's the one where it all went to shit for them, yep. and I think it's that the first five or six songs on Semi Detached go for me go toe to toe. It literally would be on a level with. It's only the second half of the album that it's not on level with that, that where it drops off from Trouble Gum. Fair play. It's that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, first it's, six first six songs on that record are as good as the first six songs on Trouble Gum. It's certainly stunningly underrated. I'm yeah. not sure I'd quite go that far, but it's a brilliant record. Yeah, yeah fucking brilliant. Like those first few songs are fucking brilliant so anyway um therapy cleave is out right now and you should you should go and fucking buy a ticket and watch therapy or on tour uh soon in we'll the be UK. going to that won't oh, we? 100%. most definitely always, yeah. always so anyway uh it's out cleave right now let's move on to another um godfather of something oh yeah it's paul weller hello with his 14th solo record true meanings now Paul Weller, Renfrey. Yeah. Um, what do you think about Paul Weller as an artiste? Oh, broad. Uh, yeah, I'm giving you as much rope as you wish. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say I'm a fan. Okay. But you have to respect the artists that he's undoubtedly inspired a lot of bands who I really like, and particularly in the jam. Yeah. Um, in terms of his solo career, 
Wildwood is one of the first songs I ever learnt to play on guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and Stanley Road is a classic. Magnificent yeah. album. Yeah. Brilliant record. Uh, from like, that's early 90s, wasn't it? 95. 95? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought it was earlier than that. Uh, but that is a fantastic record. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant record. Um, I've not paid loads of attention to Paul Weller's stuff since Stanley Road, as far as I'm... Uh, aware mm-hmm. but the bits and pieces that i have picked up on haven't done an awful lot not not done enough for me to check mm. them out any further but um but yeah he's the mod father isn't he He is the mod father yeah, yeah. he's inspired a lot of bands as you say that you like also and, inspired and a lot of absolute fucking shite as well yeah um shit haircuts as well yeah and uh yeah uh paul weller is in the jam, obviously, or was in the was jam. In the jam yeah. um, so, my dad's two favourite bands uh, are the Jam and the Who, and depending on what day you catch him, either the Jam or the Who are his favourite band. Right. I've spoken to him on times before where the Jam are his favourite band. Right. So I grew up listening to the Jam uh, a lot. A lot. Yeah. So uh, who who I love, mm-hmm. who I think are fucking so brilliant. The Jam are a great great band, and um, so. I wasn't particularly interested in the Style Council, I have to say. Like, I did listen to him. Like, they got some all right songs, but mm. it's not for me as much. Uh, Paul Weller, when he became a solo artist, very much like, yeah, I think Wildwood is fucking brilliant. I mm-hmm. think Stanley Road is ex- an exceptional record. I'm not that fussed on the first the, the sort of first one. Um, Heavy Soul, I thought was all right. Uh, I kind of went up to Studio 150 in 2004, was where okay. I was sort of still listening to Paul Weller and taking a sort of active interest in yeah. Paul Weller, which is a covers record not a good covers record at all like right. really really not very good what sort of songs did he cover a lot of kind of soul music okay um which mm. obviously he's a big fan of um yeah, Paul but doing soul. No. yeah it, it, it wasn't great and i've sort of you know and he's had a few songs like say since then i think wake up the nation's a good um mm-hmm. is a good song and he's done a thing where look i'm just gonna get it out here right now i think this album's awful <laughs> It's rubbish, right? <laughs> and it's got some pretty good reviews from some questionable places. It's got some very good reviews. It's got some very good reviews, mm. which it I mean, a, I think on, on the um, on the um, uh, aggregate score website Metacritic, mm. uh, which just takes a bunch of reviews and and gets an aggregate score or a, 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 the median score, if you will. Uh, it's got eighty out of a hundred, which is a, pr- really? which is a pretty that's a pretty good meta score. Yeah, that's that that places it quite high in the, their sort of albums of the year list. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Paul Weller is is that he's now um, 60, 60, 60 yeah, years yeah. old, right? And you get to a point where, you know, he was in the fucking jam. He yeah. was in this like super aggressive mod, like b- punk fucking thing that he was doing. Do you know what I mean? And I don't expect Paul Weller to be down at the tube station at midnight anymore. Like, I don't no, expect that. Not. Do you know no, what I mean? Of course but, not. Like, Artists change, of course. and that's yeah. not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. And I, I look—I mean, I look at someone like Robert Plant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And how Robert Plant has changed from you know this kind of leather trousers, trousered hard rock Lothario that he was in Led Zeppelin. To... Oh, you still talking about Robert Plant? I thought you were talking yeah. about me. Ah, hey. you, you <laughs> cheeky <laughs> sex pot. Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. I said, don't use my my nickname on the okay, podcast. Sorry, mate. Sorry. Um, 
So you look at how Robert Plant is kind of a you know changed from that to the stuff that he did with Alison Krauss, Krauss particularly yeah, like stuff. you know the album Rainbow, which I think came out about three four years ago. Yeah. Do you know that record? It's yeah. Really, really brilliant record. Very simple. Even the, so, even very, the, the Page and Plant No Quarter. Records. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, very simple and very uh, subdued, and but still the songs were really really good. Yes. Paul Weller has had um, like. I still had an interesting career you know like Eating Rifles and Town Called Malice and all them things like that that's a long time ago and even if you go to sort of like Changing Man and the the sort of uh, not really heavier but like you know like or, or Peacock Suit or whatever from the sort of mid 90s period where it was a bit more kind of strutty like he's kind of moved in and around those bits but he's always sort of still been to me fairly interesting as an artist mm. um and then this comes along and just every song sounds like the bit where they're getting together the music they play on like Gavin and Stacey or something <laughs> do you know what I mean like when they're, when they're the sort of sad bit in Gavin and Stacey and it's like it, I, I understand that you've that you have matured but there's maturing and then there's there's basically two sort of types of song on this record there's the kind of acoustic-y, like super acoustic, cello-y, James Blunt songs. Yeah, and then there's, there's quite a lot of those. Oh, there's a fucking hell of a lot of them and yeah. none of them are good. Or there's this like, just super dull. Like, it, I was going to say they kind of go for like Black Star by David Bowie, but I mean, that is so far, yeah. far, far, far removed. I just from did what a, it is. a raised eyebrow. Yeah, just, what, just because it sounds yeah. nothing like yeah, that, yeah, but yeah. I think like he's kind of gone for that a bit of a somber, like darker. I mean, there's, there's, well, a, there's a lot of people calling this his most personal record. There's a song stuff, on it yeah. called Bowie. And yes. I think having, like, what I want to say is like, if you, just take a moment, right? If you are a song, because Power Man 5000. Brought an album out last year, and there's a song on it called David Fucking Bowie, and is it was an absolute. <laughs> is it called David Fucking? It's Bowie? called David Fucking Bowie. Oh, for fuck's sake! And it is an absolute pile of shit. And and I was like, if you're gonna pay tribute to David Bowie, please, please, just the more fitting tribute you could pay is to just shut up, yeah, yeah, like, yeah rather yeah. than release. A just and Paul Weller has done this whole. Like I'm sure it's really well-meaning, but it's a really horrible saccharine. Mm boring like sloppy michael buble yeah like just rubbish rubbish song and it's i it, it's too long it's an, nearly an hour long it is uh, it is annoyingly long there's a deluxe edition which has an additional five tracks on it as well yeah Fucking i started listening hell. to that it's so long and songs like i mean <clears throat> there's a couple like i think wishing well's all right i think mm-hmm. which is one of the more it's kind of like it's got a wild wood kind of vibe to it mm-hmm. Um, I thought Mayfly was mildly interesting. Yeah. I liked the horns on What Would He Say? <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh. No, no, I didn't like that. Oh. No, thanks. No, I like rubbish. horns. I, I like horns, but I just thought it was like, again, it's like a Hovis advert. Like, I just, <laughs> yeah. you know, Paul Weller is a legendary um, musician yeah. for British music, like for British popular culture. Yeah. Paul Weller is an absolute legend. And it's because he's an absolute legend that we cannot let him get away with just guff like this. Just 
stinky, nappy, old man guff like this. Okay. It's fucking boring, this record. I'm it's going... So, to... And I am stunned. I am stunned that how... I mean, I said to, one thing I said to you, I was like, he's bypassed being Paul McCartney and gone straight to being Cliff Richard. Uh, <laughs> I, I... So, I... I I don't like this record. I I don't hate it the way that you do. Right. Uh, I just think it's very dull. Basically. Yeah, it is. I I, I think it's very bland. Um, I think at the end of the day, the issue there's it's a very acoustic record. It's almost entirely acoustic. I Pretty think much. actually. Yeah. So it's very folky. So the inspirations that he's taking are far more kind of folk led. I would say. Um, the main issue with it is just the songs aren't very good. I mean, that, that is, it it really is as simple as that. The songs just aren't very good. They're not very memorable. No. Um, they're not very, very one pace, not very well written. Sound like listening to paint dry. (laughs) Some of them, certainly. And, you know, obviously because it's Paul Weller, you can hear that there's a lot of money that's been put into this record mm. because the orchestral embellishments, there's a lot of embellishments on this record. And it's quite interesting that that, that there are so many toys on this record that bands would love to get a chance to play with. <laughs> yeah. um, but none of the embellishments improve the songs because the foundation is so poor mm. that they... Can't, just sound can't like tropes. It. They just sound yeah. like bloody rubbish tropes. There, of... there, there were a few times where I was like, "Oh, that's a nice woodwind part, or whatever." I don't think there's woodwind on it, but that, yeah. that's a nice, you know, horn part, accordion. Or whatever, accordion or whatever. Yeah. You know, I was like, "Oh, that's that's a nice part." But I was thinking far more about the session musicians who helped Paul Weller put this record together than I was thinking about Paul Weller himself because yeah. he's the weakest part of this entire record in yeah. my opinion um he attempts to do quite a bit of crooning this is almost like a croony record mm. no. yeah i got a problem with that yeah again like i i like paul weller's voice ah i like paul weller's voice and i think he's a good singer and he's got a really he's got a good voice and he's got a good tone and he's got a really recognizable voice as well. And on this, he just sounds like he's got a cold and he's whispering and he's putting on a, and he's putting on an American accent in some of it as well. There's lots of like, he does it, points at it where he go. I'm like, you're not in God smack, mate. Like, what are you, <laughs> you know, like, like but he clearly wants to be. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Um, it's like for someone who is so quintessentially British, yeah, he's gone. Yeah, you yeah. know, there's points in this where he he goes like, uh, like he can't help himself from going, oh, and it's like, <laughs> mate, what are you doing? I, I was okay. We might slightly <laughs> disagree on this then, but I, I was going to say I, I feel like he attempts to do a crooner thing, but in my opinion, vocally, technically, I agree that he has a a, a distinctive voice and all mm. that sort of thing, and I wouldn't call him a bad vocalist by any stretch of the imagination. But I don't think this style suits him at all, mm. at all, um, and he comes across as really bad as a result yeah. of it, um, which I which I don't think he is. You know, mm. um, can we do something a bit of my favourite game? Uh, reading the lyrics completely out of context. Yeah, sure. Oh, mate, it. come along. So, um, the, most of the lyrics on this record are, are fine, but there are one or two. Um, this is based how much like a Motley Crue song does this song sound like out of context 
come along and be my baby, though we've only met. I just want to take you home and let nature do the rest. I've been watching you a while. Put me to the test, wondering what is going on underneath that dress. Oh, no! And that... What? That's I mean, on I mean, this record? It, that's on this record. And, and uh, you know, post post um, Weinstein... Uh, but <laughs> might have to edit that. No, that's fine. No, of course, Bruce Weinstein. You're quite right. But like, it's not even the fact that it's like the 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 point is is that like, I mean that is that that is pathetic. You want to write? Yeah, you want to write. That is uh, pathetic. Like old sixty year old man writes yeah. sexy lirics in his. I, on I bo- wonder what's going on underneath that. Dra- oh, you can imagine bo- Alan Partridge doing. Yeah, like boring old man writes boring songs. Yeah. about thinking about knickers. It's pathetic. Like, it's uh, not good. That's the thing. Like. He, or maybe someone else, I don't know, we don't have the credits for it, but he or someone else sat down and actually wrote that and then went, yeah, that's good enough to record and put on vinyl or, or, or it, to just, keep pristine for the rest of time. I mean, the thing is, is you, you you listen to like a song, I mean, you shouldn't, you shouldn't listen to the jam and then listen to this, <laughs> but you listen to like Beat Surrender and then listen to this and you're just like, how is that the same bloke? Yeah, 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 and it's yeah. just, it's what this album is more than anything is, is a sad reminder that we all, we, we, we all need to probably die about <laughs> 20, 30 years before we really want to. Wow. Um, and yet, Stephen Hill, five stars in the Telegraph. I know. Well, Four stars in Classic Rock. Four stars well, in Mo. Yeah. <laughs> four stars in Mojo. Four stars in The Guardian. Four stars in The Observer. Four stars in Uncut. Four stars Six in Six out of ten in uh, NME. So they're the closest ones. Yeah, to fair us. play. Four four stars in Clash. If you get two for me, uh, that's be a two out of ten. It's crap. If I, mean, I was it's forced, legit crap. Are we going out of ten? Oh, out of ten, yeah. Out of ten, I would say four. Mm. Do you think I'm being really kind? I think I, I don't know what the the extra two points that I've not given it. I really particularly. Some of the orchestral embellishments are absolutely lovely, in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> the well, songs are shit, but yeah. the, the but it, it sounds really nice. It's that like production wise, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know you'd expect it to be because it's Paul Weller for fuck's sake. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm really not feeling it, and it is just like no, oh god, not any good, and it's easily the worst record of the week yeah um but i was also going to say if, if you do want to listen to this kind of folky kind of stuff that you know i may i point you in the direction of neil young mm-hmm. uh or uh glenn hansard is really amazing the band even yeah. more of a band thing but the band foy vance even maybe damien rice kind of thing like if you want to listen to acoustic balladry folky kind of stuff done well done well there was yeah far better stuff than so you know and i just want to say all those things so that it's clear that we're not total idiots when it comes to this sort of thing it's no. just we don't think this it's is just i don't think i think it is because the the weight of material on paul weller yeah from the things he's done i mean it's just and you know like this makes noel gallagher's high-flying birds sound like the dead kennedys <laughs> Like it's, I'm really curious to know what Noel Gallagher thinks of this record because oh, he loves it. Of course, he loves it. Well, he adores. I, he, I, mean, I don't know that for he a fact. He adores but of course he does. everything Paul Weller does, yeah, but yeah, I yeah. can't imagine a member of Oasis sitting down and listening to this record and going, "That's a really good record." You, like because it's so boring. Yeah, but Noel Gallagher's so boring. Well, Noel, Noel Gallagher is as boring as this. Basically. But as you just said, High Flying Birds compared to this, it sounds like the most. Yeah, the High Flying Birds is still no, sure, really, sure, sure, really dull. 
and really obvious and really old and really kind of part and, cr- and just crap. What do you think Liam would have thought of it? Oh, li- we, yeah, Liam wouldn't like it. Yeah. Noel would, though. Noel would go, oh, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just do whatever. And then Ed Sheeran would come along and he'd go, well, I hate that Ed Sheeran. And he's after that's Liam more than Noel. Really. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, he'll slag off like, slag, he's slagging off Coldplay. You can't slag off Coldplay and then put this out. Well, yeah, and yeah. I've never I, thought I'd be sticking up for Coldplay. I, I, well, Jesus. I'm gonna say this right now: like, there are Coldplay records that I like a lot more than this. A lot. Yeah, I more. mean, I, I think Parachutes by Coldplay is better than this. Yep. Rush Blood to the Head. Okay, well, let's not talk about that anymore. <laughs> Bloody hell! That's True Meanings by Paul Weller. Um, just listen to the jam, innit? Yeah. Uh, or something different. It's not great, and don't believe what the fucking Times tell. Yeah, I know who I should listen to about rock music. The Times. <laughs> no. Um, let's move on swiftly. The Dirty Neil Renfrey yeah. from Canada. The second album from the Canadian alt punks is called Master Volume. Higher Power, their debut album that came out in 2016, yeah. was the shit. As in, it was great. Yep. It was the shit. Yeah. It was, it was one of the best. One of the, one of the first times in a long time where I heard a band who were just a kind of straight rock band where I went, fucking hell, you sound like a rock, like a proper rock band. Yeah. And because a lot of it was like, Yumi, you know, when it was all the Yumi at 60s yeah. and all those yeah. just dog shit bands and America was just chucking you like water parks and all that shit. Like there weren't many bands who just sounded like great alternative rock bands. And then they come along sounding like this glorious mixture of Everclear, Everclear's kind of, I think the kind of the happy-go-lucky party, party power pop of a band like Everclear, who are kind of cheap trick for the Nirvana, Nirvana generation, mm-hmm. with the more cynical, gritty punk rock underground stance of Husker Du. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I was waiting for you to say Husker Du. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, that was it. I thought you know, Higher Power was really, really yes. brilliant incredible debut got to and be followed up though hasn't it it does indeed well just very quickly as well mm. they also won, won a Juno award for they which did is, which is the Canadian equivalent of a Brit or something isn't something it? like that for, for best new band so fair play Junos because I can't imagine a band as good as Dirty Nil winning best new band at the Brits no I can't imagine dreadful. anyone good doing anything at the Brits <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly yeah exactly uh, well um, um, Jarvis Cocker Michael Jackson that's probably it yeah, it's like 22 years it, well, ago. Yeah, it was a, 1996. Yeah. It was a long time ago, but yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so here we go. This is... Master volume. Shall I just go straight in? Oh, absolutely. This is also fucking great. Yeah, it's it brilliant. Um, it starts fantastically with uh, That's What Heaven Feels Like, uh, mm. about like crashing through your windshield or something. So many just like, what are they... What? What are those guys doing in their spare time? I've no idea. They're having a riot, they're having a riot aren't they? Yeah, yeah, sounds like they're it. They're losing their minds. Um, but there's some... I, like, the songs that I really, really love on this, um, there's a lot of songs... It, it feels, if there's a theme, it seems to be songs about, like, friends getting too deep into drugs and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's this... My favourite song on the record is um, I Don't Want That Phone Call. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Uh, it's, it's so, so good because yeah. because it is it is a song that is genuinely caring and going, um, you know, I don't want you to die and do mm. stupid shit or whatever and get strung out. But it's saying it because it's like, I don't want to have to get that phone call. So there's yeah. a sort of snotty brashness to it as well. Yeah. It is, it is, um, it isn't, uh, you know, I don't think it's badly intended or it's, n- it's not... 
uh, intended humorously or anything like that. But there's also, it's also kind of like, don't die on me because I can't be asked to deal with it, almost, you know. Um, but yeah, that bratty, snotty energy that, is his name Luke? Luke Bentham? I, I was under so, the yeah. impression that, like, surname is. he yeah, is yeah. so cool. Yeah. He's ridiculously cool. You seen them live? Yeah, I have. The old chewing gum. Chewing gum, gum trick. I mean, somebody, I saw somebody legend. on somewhere. I think it, was on, it might have been on the like, download festival forum. Somebody was like, that band, I hate their singer. He was blowing bubbles during their set and it was really pathetic. It was oh. the worst thing I've ever seen. And it was like, mate, you are the least cool person <laughs> who has ever lived. Yeah. Like, how can you look at that and go, he shouldn't be blowing bubbles up there. <laughs> he's playing a rock concert. He's, like, not, he's not driving a bus, mate. He's not a teacher. Like, you nerd. Maybe it was Rick Wakeman. Maybe, no, yeah. God, like, yeah. God, you fucking nerd. Uh, yeah, that's pathetic. I mean, yeah. I, it's I, like, it's so wicked. Like, he just, It's brilliant. He's just a slacker. I want Bubblegum to come back. Just because I think the Dirty Nil should make their own bubblegum yeah, merchandising it's, it's, idea. It's such a wicked like thing to see yeah. him like in solos with a big bubble coming out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I think it's it's just like another wicked um, visual representation of them. Like the night, it's so like you know Teddy Boy, not Teddy Boy, but like sort of bikers and stuff in the 1950s yeah. and, they'd all, and the girls would be like chewing and blowing gum and stuff and it's like yeah man that yeah. whole fucking yeah. that whole fucking greasy rocker vibe yeah. that is the sort of foundation of everything cool about you know rock music and alternative music and alternative culture and, and punk and fucking like grunge and everything right well, it's very we don't give a fuck yeah and it's Whatever. just like you know and you can go look oh it's it's cynical and blah blah, blah. it's just like a throwback to blah 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 blah. doesn't like, feel cynical fucking, to me it's not it's one it's not cynical and two so what if it is it's fucking showmanship it's like do you know what i mean it, it's, I, I i just i just fully disagree that it's cynical well no yeah, i don't I yeah, yeah yeah i know you're not saying that say it's cynical, um, but i'd like it's, it's just not like yeah. that is that is wrong yeah that's incorrect in my opinion like, um just, but like i say man like i, I they just like uh, what i will say is in comparison with higher power there's less of the straight ahead like the bass player does a lot of um uh of the straight kind of punk stuff there was oh, say a lot of it there was a there was a couple of straight like punk tracks mm. Um, on the last album which mm-hmm. has kind of gone now and for me as someone who likes that kind of 80s hardcore minor threat sound um, I would have liked one of I would have liked him to get a song I think he does because there's, there's a cover of Hit the Lights by Metallica right at the end of it as well which is fucking on Master Volume yes yeah. what? what what this is the last track Did you Th- not this is that? not the version that I've got oh it's, mate it's on Apple Music in front of me right here right okay right i'm now. gonna check that out so, I've, I've got the version i've got it's just the stream the stream from from uh devil okay right yeah. okay i'll get that i'll sort right. that out well yeah i mean it's brilliant? not on that but now it's i mean it's been out a week now so <sighs> they've got the um, mental okay i'm gonna yeah. check that out so it's got to hit the lights on on the end of it like the last track on the on this which is which is <sighs> fucking great Want and it's done in that. a really punk way and the, the bass player comes in lovely little bit of metallic but but you know they managed to turn hit the lights which is a thrash metal song into a kind of greasy rock another into like a kind of greasy rock and roll song that's and, great cool. you know like i say if if you like shit like cheap trick and mm. even like elo i think who are way kind of popular than that but they've got such they've got like this ma- there's a massive like day if you it's massive fucking alt punk riffs and songs with like 1970s day glow the golden age of like huge choruses mm. and huge songwriting like bash together bosh there mm. it goes and mate 
like Tom Petty as well. Like I think mm-hmm. I can hear shit like Tom Petty mm-hmm. in there as well. And um, a bit more cynical than uh, Tom Petty, but yes. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I know. I know like, what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. but of yeah. course, mix it like in terms like of the sort of melodies and the sun. Yeah, there's yeah. a sunshine aspect to it, but like with this, I think sheen like, of my friends gonna die of a drug. Well, Sparkle and Fade by Everclear, I think, is a really like if you go, go and listen to this record, which you sh- absolutely it should because it's yeah. fucking yeah. brilliant. But if you go and listen to this record, and then you're like, oh, I'd really like something else that sounds like that. Sparkle, you know, with the same sort of lyrical narrative and yeah. themes as well. Spark and Fade by Everclear, I think is a really great sort of um, signifier for, for this band. Spark and Fade, you know, Everclear came out uh, after Nirvana and they're a three-piece with a blonde yeah, yeah, like yeah. vocalist yeah. and everyone went, you know, another fucking Nirvana copy right. band. And yeah, they were a kind of alternative rock band, but they were making songs, like I say, Cheap Trick, uh, I think Cheap Trick are kind of the bullseye kind of yes. like that. Cheap Trick mixed with Husker Do. Um, and all their songs about, hey, my girlfriend died of heroin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? And um, like, oh, you you broke up with me and I, yeah. I, will, I will wreak revenge on you. Yeah. Like, There's but a bra- it sounds like, hey, it's this cool American, like, you know, driving down the highway. Yeah. Uh, like sound that they've got to it. It's just fucking, just really wicked. There's a brattiness that reminds me of, you know, Billy Joe Armstrong from the Insomniac era yeah. or, or maybe even Dookie, but like, but actually more Insomniac, to be honest, mm. you know, when they were doing shit loads of meth. Yeah. Um, like, it's really snotty, basically when Green Day were proper punks. Um, you know, like this brilliant delivery um which which is just irresistible i was just i was just going to pedal back slightly on on in terms of the straight punk songs um what about um please please me yeah that's Tracks the kind of four. yeah that's kind of the closest you get to it, i think i think please please me i think is a it's probably my second favorite song on the album i think it's it's like 2 minutes long it's an absolute rager um and there's a bit in it which just typifies what an amazing band they are for me because there's three choruses in it and in the second chorus there's a half a second maybe one second bit where they do this weird half time thing where he's mm. like give me some more give me some more give me some more like you know the second one is just like that little bit different and the whole band doing it mm. together and it's the it's those that you know the devil is in the details it's mm. all those little bits that mark out good bands from excellent bands mm. and because they have those little bits in there they know are an excellent band yeah, they um, really are a very, very excellent do, band. Do you and like it as much as Higher Power? I think I like it more. Ooh. Mm. I think, I, like, having said all that stuff about I wish there were, you know, more of the kind of pure, fast punk, like, the thing is, yeah, there is, there's one example of it and there's Hit the Lights, I think. Um, but the last one, it felt like uh, it went more play. I, I think the last one went in, in more places, whereas mm-hmm. I think this one stays in um, a more sustained area, but to such an incredibly high standard. I completely agree with all of that, but the one thing I would say is I sl- there's very little in it. I slightly prefer higher power because it goes to different Yeah, maybe I do. Do you know what I don't know? Actually. It's very it's very close and they've followed up an excellent debut with an excellent second record. Yeah, it's true. Um Yeah, so I'm actually I don't know why I said that. I'm not sure that I do prefer it. It's kind of besides the point. Sure. I, I was yeah. just I was just interested, you mm. know. Um but it, it's it's 
it's excellent yes. they've, they've not fucked it it's no, fine it's, it's brilliant it's fucking brilliant so there you go Dirty Nail Master Volume is out right now it's very 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 good and this is very 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 good as well Emma Ruth Rundle on Dark Horses um, is out now as well we bigged her up when we did our 12 acts to watch out for for 2018 uh, about a month and a half ago mm. um, so you can go back and listen to that if you wish to find out what we think more about her just in general as an artist this is her fourth album proper as a solo artist mm-hmm. she used to be in marriages uh, various uh, bands, yeah. red sparrows mm-hmm. and the nocturnes yeah um so it's a follow-up for marked to death marked for death marked yeah. for death yeah. um which was dark as fuck <laughs> yeah just, uh, just a bit <laughs> and and i it feels like this is um a definitely feels like a follow-up to that record i think it feels like this is the beginning of her moving on and deal uh, dealing with those problems that she had from marks for death and mm. and uh, aiming to move on from them i mean i mean i wouldn't let's not i would not call it a happy record <laughs> no i think it, i think um, it's uh i'm actually i reviewed this for metal hammer and the one line that jonathan seltzer the reviews editor came back to me and he was like i think he's like, i think you got it spot on when you called it a a, a redemption album yeah that's a great shout and i, I great think it, shout. i think it is a redemption album like yeah. just the way she's done like the last track on it um you, you don't, don't have, have to cry, cry which is fucking like absolutely unbelievable and ironically probably will make you cry yeah and when she throws in you don't have to cry and then there's a beat and then she says any more and it's basically like it's not just you don't have to cry it's that i know you have like i have been yeah. but i'm not going to anymore and and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a fucking that beautiful slide guitar. Like yeah. it's just it's that is a wonderful ender, mm. wonderful ender. I don't know how much more I can say about it apart from listen to it. It's fucking great. Yeah, I think this album is um, insanely brilliant. Yeah, it's she's this thing that she's had going on throughout her career of having this really sort of beautiful ethereal voice over quite heavily distorted guitars you know that this wash of heavily distorted guitars that comes in and you know you could call it the emma ruth rundle signature sounds now but she's mastered it and perfected it just so brilliantly well Um, i think it's funny you say it because i think that on this record this feels much more like a collaborative record with other musicians than the when i I listen to yeah when i listen to um uh mark for death i was like this is just feels like her yes like sort of alone yes like it's it seems to be everything about it is just it comes from her yeah whereas this um i mean the second track on it control yeah and i don't say this lightly at all and you'll know that i don't say this lightly at all but tonally and in terms of the rhythmic shifts it it reminded me of lateral the song lateralis wow like by tool i mean who are my favorite band ever and there are bits in it where I was literally like, God, that moves and like the bass tone of it and the way that it kind of stops and then starts and it re kind of, and and it builds upon itself. Yeah. Really, really reminded me of Lateralis. Well, these, I think a lot of her songs, they don't feel like they have parts. They don't feel like they first chorus, first chorus. They just feel like they're there. Movements. Movements. Yeah, 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 exactly. They slink, each part slinks into each other Mm. in a way that is... I, 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 it's it's just so natural and so graceful and so beautiful. Um, 
you're absolutely right. Um, I read an interview with her saying that this is the first time ever that she's released a solo record where she hadn't played some of the guitar parts herself. Mm. Um, she's collaborated a lot with Jay Jail, um, who uh, is part of this band called Jay Jail, and uh, it's Evan Patterson, I think his name is. Yeah. Um, and they did a collaboration EP um, before this called The Time and the Place or something like that, The Time Upon a Place or something like that, which was really good as well. But that was more of a split EP. That wasn't mm. so much, you know, them both being on the same stuff. And um, they're in a relationship and stuff. And you can kind of... He does guest vocals on... Uh, it's track five. Um, he does guest vocals on... Dead Set Eyes. Dead Set Eyes, yeah. And the way his vocal is so low. And in comparison to hers, low is in like... Um, you know, in terms of the notes that he's singing, this really guttural kind of, almost like a Mark Lanigan kind mm. of style thing. Mm. And the way that they, you know, those duets like Nick Cave and Kylie Minogue kind of thing, uh -huh. you know, like yeah, it's, a bit it's of reminiscent that, yeah. of that. I mean, I, I actually think this is better, which is a huge fucking thing to say because that Nick Cave, Kylie Minogue duet or, or Nick Cave and PJ Harvey did a duet mm. as well once and stuff like that it's reminiscent of that kind of i mean I'm, i mean this in the least horrible way but sort of, sort of dark troubled lovers kind of thing yeah. almost you know um it's just it's wonderful and there's this horses theme going through it so the, the cover is emma with a, a pl plastic figurine of a horse in front of her face which has broken legs which i just think <laughs> says an awful lot about it but yeah. you know the horses are these wonderful graceful creatures um animals but this horse has has broken legs and i think that sort of sums up where emma was when she was writing these songs mm. she's this in incredibly ethereally beautiful creature <laughs> creatures definitely the wrong word apologies emma um but but you know she's broken like she mm. feels and and the sort of pain and the you you can feel it all the 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 anguish and the anxiety and yeah. you can feel it through this record it's beautiful we're making it sound quite he heavy well, uh, which i don't want to because I, it, yeah, it, I, it's not un like it's not unpleasant or difficult to no, listen to not in at the all. slightest no, i mean the way it starts is almost it just kind of it almost starts like a breeze doesn't it it starts like as soon as you press play and it just sort of it, goes it, you're ding, in and you're straight in. away you're yeah, like in which is quite straight away and and it's not you know like you say it's not depressing it's 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 not upbeat either. It's just kind of... You wouldn't want to put it on a party. No, no, no. But, but it's not... It's it, not depressing. It's not no. depressing. It's just kind no. of melancholic and quite beautiful and quite yeah. kind of wistful, yeah. I think. Yes, yeah, yeah, wistful's good. Um, and, I mean, it's brilliant. And I, I'll tell you what, like, the thing I took away from it the most is that I think that the really, truly great artists are the ones who tell their life story through their music mm -hmm. and who you go, well, that is a period of their life that that tells a certain part of their life. And if you aren't familiar with, with Emma Ruth London, if you don't know anything about her, and this is the first kind of thing, I would actually say start with Mark for Death to, and go sort of sequentially with it. Because although I think this album is brilliant and I'm not sure which one of the two I think is better, I think they're both really, really, really strong. But I think you will understand this record more if you've heard the last record. I definitely agree with that. Um, Some Heavy Ocean is technically her first um solo record with lyrics um mm. but um so yeah you could even start there but it yeah, does course. it feels like 
usually when people say it's a sequel to an album it's a bad thing but this feels like a sequel to marks for death in the best possible way mm. more lyrically than yeah. than in terms of musicianship or whatever mm. i but I, I think records like I think you know if you're if you're an artist who writes about your life then it should feel like a sequel it should feel mm. you know like and it's, I think it's up to you about how much you want to give away as an artist but I think like it it should you know it should feel connected mm. I think yeah. it should feel like you know you've gone to a different do you know what I mean I don't think that's uh, unusual I, I don't think not I don't think it's unusual I think it, it can often be unusual because people just they don't always or aren't able to tap in to things in that manner but i think when you get someone who can that's fucking this great yeah and th this record is really really brilliant yeah yeah uh, i agree it's a toss-up for me this week it's a i i, I think the therapy album's great i think the thrice album's great i think it's a toss-up between these Dirty Neil and Emmerich Run that were very, very, very different records. Very different very, records. Very, very yeah. different. But in terms of like consistently being for capturing your attention and never for one second of the record letting your attention drop. Mm. It's not even like I mean I don't my attention doesn't doesn't drop during the therapy record. I just go, no, Yeah, this is really no, good. Yeah. But at the same time I don't feel completely like utterly consumed Mesmerized. by it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this I do. Yeah, I, I, you know, if if there's been a there's a lot of great records this week, but yeah. I would, uh, if I had to pick, I probably would go for this. So. Yeah, I think I might do. You know, yeah. 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 So anyway, um, you should in a very very strong week. That is a very very strong record. Oh yeah, that's on Dark Horses by Ruth Rundle. And finally, <laughs> to finish, not going to be album of the week. We've already sport that. <laughs> so, sorry, mate. Um, Venart to cure a blizzard upon a plastic sea. Now this is the second solo album from the ex Ocean Size man. I wonder if Grimfrey will like it. Um, <laughs> what with Ocean Size being his favourite yeah, ever yeah, British yeah, band. Okay. So this is Mike Venart um, of Venart fame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you're probably in a much better position to start talking about this than uh -huh. me. Okay. Um, so this is the follow-up to The Demon Joke from 2015. Um, Van Art's solo stuff is um, relatively different to Ocean Size. There are definitely through lines and similarities, but and three members of Ocean Size are actually on this record, oh, right. um, uh, as, as they were on The Demon Joke as well. Um it's basically three members of Ocean Size, and uh, do you know that band, Young Legionnaires? It's their drummer, I know the name. Denzel. Yeah, mm. it's their drummer, Denzel, who's fucking amazing, actually. Um, I suppose it's kind of like, I, I think it's quite difficult to describe um, because I would call it a proggy record, but then at the same time, prog has lots of connotations, which mm. I don't think does this record. I, which I I think those connotations do this record a disservice. I think the the idea of what prog is is changing quite a lot. Actually, that's true. Days, that's so, true. You know, it, but, it, you know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I get but you saying. understand what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 you yeah. know, um, it's an incredibly diverse album sonically. Um, if you know, flitting between like thinking of a song like Spider Bones, which has this really funky guitar lick, almost like could be a could be an alternative theme to Night Rider or something. Mm -hmm. um, then goes to the gen like this really gentle beautiful blanket of sound that makes up into the wave that's the fourth track it's just yeah. like really beautiful um i think i think the main through line if anything with mike van art's work is just everything sounds so big mm. there's a lot going on 
with this record there's a lot of layers it's definitely not an album that you're going to get on one listen no um you'll probably still be getting stuff from it on the 20th listen if you get there Mm. um and i mean actually i think there's stuff that you can unpack and discover on it you know 20th 30th 50th 100th listen you know because it's so dense Mm. and there's so many different layers and so much going on so many different instruments and so much yeah there's a lot to unpack basically um having said all that mike has described his solo stuff as quite poppy in the past which probably, i can sort of see that well it says more about mike than it does i don't i don't disagree um but very little pop music is as dense as this yes yeah, um um it's he's i i don't think that's wrong or incorrect because a lot of the melodies are will will get in your head well i was gonna say that again i mean i brought up sergeant peppers um yeah uh, about something a couple of weeks ago and yeah. again like th- there's a there's a bit of you know like the, the beat was were really fucking dense like them yeah yeah, yeah, yeah and, definitely. but unescapably poppy and there's a couple of tracks uh on here where i was like oh that's got a bit of a kind of sergeant pepper's psychedelic mm-hmm. uh, new school proggy like but very very catchy thing mm-hmm. that they've got going on i think um Sp- friends don't owe was that one friends don't owe, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's got a bit of that and um yeah like i uh this is quite this is good this record like i think mm-hmm. maybe i probably do we've listened to it a couple more times to uh-huh. be perfectly uh-huh. honest yep. um i i should say that i've had this record for a very long time mm-hmm. um so i feel like i've unpacked it a right. lot more um yeah. I've, I've had it a very long time i really like so. the last song that robots in disguise i i do you know what i re- I, I really like the, 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 the you know um that's not entertainment is really good. That's what I, Paul Weller should have called his <laughs> <laughs> new album. Well, I was going to say, I'm glad you pointed those out because I was going to say, I, I, I do like this record throughout. I suppose I'm biased, but I do really like it throughout. I think the real stars are the last three songs, which is, yeah, that's is. not entertainment. Uh, Robots in Disguise. And, and Diamond Ball Bag. Diamond Ball, ba- ball, ball Gag. Gag. Ball Gag, yeah. Not ball bag. Diamond Ball Gag. Um, those three songs are excellent yeah oh, they're so good yeah the um, album ends very well at a point really where well. i because i thought he'd kind of lost me uh, uh, halfway through i've got to be honest okay second third time of listening through to it i was like every time i was getting halfway through and i was like you're losing me a bit you're losing me a bit like i don't know if it's just i you know like i really 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 liked um ocean size mm. when you played <laughs> when you, you gave it to me I thought that's this is fucking great, and I don't think this is anywhere near as good as the okay. ocean size stuff that I heard. Okay. Um, that being said, I don't think it's a bad record at all. Mm. I think mm. it's a good record. I think it's got mm. some really good songs in it. It's fifty-four minutes. You probably could have trimmed ten minutes off of that. I reckon. Mm, okay. Um, I like how sprawling these songs are. Yeah, I suppose if that's what you're going for. I like the fact that they have the demon joke for the most part is again it's 10 tracks but it's quite a bit shorter because most of the songs are under the five minute mark Mm. um and one of the i I really liked the demon joke as well quite surprise but (laughs) one of the things i wasn't so keen on it with it it, is i wanted the songs to to sprawl out a little bit you know that ocean size record i gave you 
I think three of the songs are touching on 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, he doesn't do that anymore, or well, I should say he's not doing that at the moment. The longest song on this record is seven, seven and, a half. and a half. Yeah, yeah, which is Robots in Disguise, mm. isn't it? But when he allows those spaces, uh, those ideas to breathe, I, I really like that a lot. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I yeah. get what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, clearly very good. I think, you know... It's an unfortunate week to be talking about this record, I feel like. Yeah. Like for I, me, for me personally, I think, you know, Therapy are one of the, my favourite sort of yeah. most consistent bands. Um, I really liked the last Thrice album, and so I was super excited to hear the new mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. And I think Emma Ruth Render and Dirty Neil have both, like, absolutely batted it out of the park. Um, I, I mean, I, 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 you know, again, surprisingly, I i love this record i think it's it is excellent i really really like it and it's um my second or third favorite album of the week right um but i do think it requires a lot of time um i do think it and i do think you need to invest that time and it's in I, i would be really interested to know what people who weren't familiar with ocean size if they came to you know how many people are are coming to ven art unaware of ocean size stuff and like i'd be i'd be curious how many people could stick with it yeah for long I, that sounds like a far nastier than i intended it to sound apologies mike but but it, i i i I definitely there's obvious because I adore Oceanside so much I know that I wanted to stick with this record for long I, I might have stuck with this record longer than I would say something else where I'm not as familiar with the stuff that they've done in the past or whatever yeah, fair enough okay. um but but I do think it's well worth sticking with and I do I, I mean I do love it now I don't think it's faultless by any stretch of the imagination I think for people who are into a certain type of thing yeah it's worth a go yeah Okay. Is what I would say. And what would you say that certain type of thing is? Um, well, I think the kind of like the Art Town Gent crowd that we mm-hmm. talk mm-hmm. about quite a lot. I think you know, like I have to say to... he went down really, really well at Art Tangent, and considering he was playing almost almost entirely songs from this album, which of course most people haven't heard, mm. um, and he went down very well. So yeah. so fair play. I mean, I don't but, think yeah, he could have got if away you're with interested that in, else. I think if you're the sort of person who's interested in challenging uh alternative rock yeah yeah i think yeah you should definitely have you should definitely give it a go i mean it's different like when i say alternative rock this and then the dirty nil both are kind of alt rock bands yeah 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 yeah, definitely anyway so you know it's a i don't think this would be for the dirty nil feels like most people i think you could put this on and they just go yeah it just sounds really fizzy and like fun Whereas I don't get that from this, and that's not, it's a, not a fun of, record. No, 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 no that's no, not. No. A, that's not a kind of um, a sort of stick to beat it with. It's mm, just like mm. I think the, the you've, you'd have to be a certain sort of person, especially like I say on a week like this week, where I reckon four of the records this week, well, three of the records this week, you could just go, yeah, you're you're bound to like that. If you like guitars, mm. you're just bound to like. You're bound to like thrice if you like guitars. You're bound to like therapy if you like yeah. that. You're bound to like dirty nil. You might not like Emma Ruth Rundle, but if you've got any kind of that, the quality of it is so fucking yeah, sky yeah. high that you should at least give it a go. Yeah, and no, I, I will be the first to admit 
despite loving him, this is not gonna. This is not a record for everyone. But he, but he's definitely not trying to make. No, no, no. Obviously not. Obviously not. And it's you know, there's a a lot of interesting things going on here. I, yeah, I quite, I, I listened to it and I was like, lots of this is really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but I felt like it kind of for me, I got fatigued around the middle. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. That's it. Can I ask this one thing? Is there any other band that you think Van Art sounds like? Not kind of explicitly so. No, mm. not really. I think that's. I think that's really interesting because I can't. You know, you could say Ocean Size, but actually, I think that's a bit harsh because I, well, think, no, it I quite, think it does sound. Yeah, like I think size. it is quite different from Ocean Size, um, but. Um, that's something that I just think is really good about Venart solo stuff. It, it's very difficult for me to think of another band that it sounds like. And, you know, how many bands are managing to do that? Not very many. Yeah, it's true. So, so, uh, so you go. That is Venart. To cure a blizzard upon a plastic sea. It's outright bloody now, mate. Mate. <laughs> uh, all right, that's it. Um, see you next week. We'll be back next week. Chat out Musicism, musicism.net. Um, go and put in the code RIOT at the checkout to get 25% off all of the courses that they do at Musicism. Big up Dem Chaps over there. Next week, we will be back, Renfrey, you and I, together again. Together Having again. a lovely time. We're going to be reviewing new albums from The Black Queen. Oh, yes, we are. Restorations. Yes. And um, we'll probably do Anal Nathrak as well. So, oh, yeah. Because we not really, didn't really do any metal this week, did we? No, no, no. no so, no, no. yeah. We'll do that. Double horns up for that. Uh, uh, yeah, so that should be a good show. Hmm. Um, I, I think it always is. Yeah, I, I hope so. Quite I mean, arrogantly, that's what I think. That, 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 that's, that's up to you, dear listeners, to decide. <laughs> All right, well, anyway, thanks very much for listening. And um, go and check out that Emma Ruth Rundle album, that Dirty New album. It's the shit. And bloody ignore that Paul Weller album. It's rubbish. <laughs> See you, mate. Bye.